general, my energy is very much, even though I don't believe in star signs, um, my um, energy is very on point for um, what my star sign is. I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat. What is it? What do you think? I mean, to be fair, you, don't, you haven't actually seen enough of me to realize how much of the star sign I am. So I think stars are complete bullshit, okay. but mine is completely accurate. So simultaneously... Yeah, they, they, they're, they're accurate. No, they're not accurate. Yeah, okay. Because someone else who's the same star sign as me is the complete opposite person. But, but mine is scarily accurate by coincidence. But you realize that it's not just the the sun sign which is what yeah there's the other shit going there's all the other shit yeah yeah, i I don't know anything else apart from the big one see i do so so i take all that into consideration really yes well i think just take another guess it's actually very on point well okay i've seen okay well because i think you 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 have like a a weird and I, this is a compliment, a Don't weird worry. energy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got, you got, a, you got, you like weird shit. So I always associate that a little bit with Scorpio or Aquarius, maybe. No, it's actually, I guess the driving force is I'm an Aries and I'm very, an I'm actually a lot more Aries than you would know. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, I can be hot headed, uh, rash, spontaneous. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, kind of confident, loud, like all that shit. Um, I've had to like buckle down in loads of things. But, okay. But I am an Aries. But uh, what I find crazy about star signs is um, that um, pe- girl, white girls who love them, mm-hmm. love them to bits, yeah. like obsessed with it, yeah. base their view on people on right. the star signs. Mm-hmm. I go to them, just a basic question, which is what drives me, it just it's, baffles me. Where does it come from? I, I've researched the history. I don't even like them. I've researched the history. Where do star signs come from? Do you know where the history of star signs at all? Do you even like know the, the the zodiac? The how it was born? Yeah. Do I know? No. This is what I mean, and this is this is one of the white girl most white girl thing. You're based on this. You got this energy, but they won't even consider checking who even came up with it, what culture it came out with. There's yeah. Not even they don't even care. They'll read it in a fucking. Uh, newspaper it'll have the symbols of the fucking aries and shit right, like that right. but as soon as they have to think about wait who actually came up with this what it's from ancient babylon it was like so like that's like monday um iraq and like that's they like b- built a lot of things around star signs and the zodiac sort of developed from there went through ancient greece and um then came to the western world and has been re um found uh recently as god is dead and people need meaning but yeah. it's just fascinating to me that people just don't give a, just don't even care. Just not even a tiny bit of curiosity as to where it came from. <laughs> it's, I, I see that. I mean, well, that, that's, that's the staple of a white woman, though. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I like thinking, about, I consider it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I find it fascinating. Like, what I used to do um, in New York is, like, I'd ask comics what they were. Because, yeah. And then I would group them in Instagram based on their star sign and then send them memes about it. See, you're... you're I think you're one of those white women, like my girlfriend, who's like, oh no, I don't, I don't believe it. And obviously I don't believe in it, obviously. But then they will organize their life through it. And it would be like ironic and, you know, isn't it a joke? But then they will make decisions based on the star I think about it. I'll consider it. But if you live your life by any playbook, then I feel like it's a very closed life. Don't don't you? Yeah. Any playbook. Yeah. But so what do you actually think um, about star signs? I just, I like to think about it. I like to see, 
like especially with comedians, I've found like there's a lot of Gemini comedians. There's a lot like it's interesting to me. A lot of Leo comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I find mm -hmm. that kind of funny to mm. to just think about people and their personalities based on that specific. It's funny. Yeah. But the problem is, is that I think it really does for it is why why white women. Well, I mean, why white women anything? I mean, yoga, <laughs> you know, tea, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. like... I guess I guess yoga, but why do you think it really connects so deeply with metropolitan middle-class white women? Maybe I, I... And it's quite metropolitan. It's not suburban, I don't know. Well, think. and I guess I've never maybe met, like, uh, you, well, because suburban is Jesus, and then metropolitan <laughs> yeah. is... It's godless white people. That I, That's what I'm thinking, maybe. Mm. Because, you know, I do think... I, this is my opinion. People like having something to cling to, yeah. even when they don't think they want something yeah. to cling to. Like, I was watching this documentary about Satanism, you know, and like, yep, yeah, yeah, and and it it was an it was interesting because it was like people who were like, I don't believe in God, but I don't want to be an atheist because I want community. Yeah. And I yeah, want yeah, something. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe. I mean, my genuine view is that I'm not. I don't believe in God, but if you take it away with nothing left, like they don't replace with anything and then we're, it's really fucked. There's so many, you lost so much community and you yeah. loads of this weird shit will put into place if you don't put something healthy in its place. But then it also feels like, I, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I can rely on myself and that you, you build your strength to take comfort in knowing that you have Yeah, but it's, you, can you be, a, have a strong sense of self? It, I don't think it's mutually exclusive from having a healthy community. Like you have comedy. And you appreciate yeah, but, comedy as a community. But in my recent experiences, to, not to, do, but it's like, I didn't necessarily feel like I have comedy because I was on the other side of the world, trapped in uh, a very specific situation, while that comedy community on this hemisphere is like going on without me. You know? Yeah, like, I guess so. So it, it was like comedy while there did not exist for me outside of my will. Okay, my free wait, will. Actually, so... Not to do this, but... No, no, no. I mean, know. the problem is, is that I wasn't actually starting the podcast and then no. we started talking about stuff okay, that was good. Yeah. No, because I was more just like speaking and I was about to say that the intro is going to come up and then I just okay. the podcast. <laughs> but then I got really into the conversation. Well, I wasn't I, sure. I was yeah, like... I, I wasn't sure just... either because I don't... St lots of podcasts start where you just start talking to the mic. Yeah. And so it goes, that's not how this starts. Okay, okay. This is not... <laughs> this is the first time that's happened. Um, I mean, you are... I, kind of, you're sort of the first proper guest who's come into the studio. Um, so normally we'd sit here, we'd talk nonsense and then the uh, titles would come up and then, <coughs> and then I'll, st I'll introduce it. Um, I mean, it's way too late now, but I'll still do it anyway. Okay. Um, hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. This one is a special episode, unlike the last two that weren't special at all. Uh, this is a very, very special episode as we not only have our first guest in the studio, in the dojo, in the shed. We also have our first female on Boys Gone Wild. Um, I have a big male incel fan base who I'm sure will be furious um, that another alpha podcast has been cucked out. Um, but please uh, welcome to the show the wonderful comedian Catherine Henson. How are you doing, Catherine? Do I clap myself in? No, no, Okay, no, no. that's fine. <laughs> I mean, we've got to pretend we haven't had a proper conversation before yes. this as well. Welcome. Um, but we actually met... 
This is the second time we've met in person. Yes, I did. I might have seen you in passing. I feel like didn't I see you Maybe. in passing? It doesn't. Maybe I think the, re- yeah. the how we met was that I was um, I was producing a podcast called I, All I Do Is Fail. I should check it out. And you were, and I have a lot of guests coming through. And then you were on the show and were my favorite guest on the show. That's very, it was, thank you. And just having a, it's always whenever like a, someone from uh, America or a different comedy scene comes in, it's always like, you know, the, the big shiny thing. Like, oh my God, a different, something different. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, I just remember that some of the stories you're telling were just utterly hysterical because your life is... Like a well-written, to be fair, not a badly written, a well-written, but still written, uh, like uh, f- New York kind of Woody Allen-esque film, you know. Yeah, nice. Because you, you, your job uh, before all this shit right. was the receptionist to yes. a sex dungeon. Yes, yes. Which is just the perfect job because it's in a sex dungeon, but you're not the one who's... Right. It's just, just a dream. I know. I would love to do that again. I mean, because that job got to be weird right now during coronavirus yeah yeah like i went on the website because i was curious just to see if so, they were open for, so they can understand can you just quickly explain what you do uh, what, what, you used to, what you used to do there i mean i i primarily paperwork um and then yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the bo- more boring the work the funnier it is considering yeah, right? what it's for um but i would like pick up the phone i'd make the appointments when the clients would arrive i'd walk them to the room when, when we say sex dungeon by the way Sex dungeon gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. People say, oh, your room's like a sex dungeon. Oh, it looks like a sex dungeon. This was a dungeon for sexual acts. Yes, yeah. I mean, there was, just to be clear, just like legally speaking, there's no actual sex yes. there. But like, you know. But enough um, erotic play that it exactly. can be considered a sex dungeon. Yes, yeah. It's I like, don't think people would be like, whoa, whoa, what is this? A yeah. sex dungeon? <laughs> We're not animals. Right, right. Like, there's no like blow jobs. There's yeah, no yeah, hand yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, but like the guys come, you know, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or sometimes in the middle if they, mm. you know, who knows? Oh, surely, surely. It, it was always very. They don't look like people who have amazing self-control. So. It won't, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I saw a girl go in and out in 12 minutes and I've been like, I mean, I saw a girl go in and out one time in about three minutes. 12 minutes. That seems fairly long still. The whole thing. Oh, I guess if you're paying that much money. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It, I, a girl went in and came out in like three minutes. I couldn't believe it. I, I wish I could remember what it was she did, but she... Yeah, but if this is your specific... Sorry, just... I still don't think they fully understood what the sex dungeon Right. Could you mind just explaining, like, just vaguely what the actual dungeon is? Well, like, so, I mean, there's several rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody has a different fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, this one Jewish guy... So with, who's it for? It's anybody who it's wants for, it's for people something. to fulfill yeah. very specified Pretty speci- custom made yeah. sexual fantasy. Yeah, like a guy used to come in and he just wanted to be a dog for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so she'd have a dog bowl there and walk around the dentist one. Yeah. Dental it, play. I honestly haven't thought about these things in so long just because, you know, a lot's happened yeah, yeah, since a lot's then. Happened, but yeah, but it's Yeah, I mean it, it's there was this guy, this was one of my favorite chats because we had a yeah, chat yeah. and people can make appointments. But like, he was like, I, I'm hoping you can help me. Like, I, I want to come and see a mistress and I want to 
you know, crush her yeah, with yeah. pies. <laughs> like he wrote, I, I want to absolutely wreck her with yeah, pies yeah. while she's wearing a mm. prom dress. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what happened That's to so, get you so here? It's so clearly a, yeah. such a specific. To, yeah. I almost, I respect someone knowing clearly, like all of us have our own sexual hangouts and right. fetishes, but we, none of us really, a lot of us rarely know where it came from. You can't say like, uh, my dad dropped me when I was seven and I mm -hmm. cracked my head and now I like it when people bash me on the head. You can't, it's very hard to specify it. But with that, it's clearly Something. a distinct memory. Yeah, yeah like pra, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay. So yeah, it's 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 just that type of establishment. Mm. Yeah. That's great. No, I, 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 I was, after hearing that, I was a big fan. And then we kind of, um, we talked a lot over Instagram more because I was deeply invested in your yeah. trauma, actually, yeah. from the, like most of it was me, I was a lot of it was me checking up to make sure you're okay. But a lot of it was just like, pure fascination because you seem to manage to always get into these yeah, issues. It's true. And I honestly, so after one of our last conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. there, I was like, he thinks I'm crazy because no, I no, was like going, yeah. I felt like I was going crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I do. Well, I do think once again, it is why I feel, I feel comfortable around you because you're a com comedian. So right. I think, yes, I do think you're crazy, but that's <laughs> irrelevant. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that and if you don't think I'm crazy, I think you're you're kind of safe to assume that the more you get to know me, you'd find out I'm crazy. You're crazy. Well, it's more... you find that generally with comedians when you meet someone they're not crazy. You're like, yeah, but if I knew you properly, surely you're crazy. Well, if they're not crazy, they shouldn't be doing comedy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, you are in the wrong lane. But when you see a funny <laughs> comedian who's stable and normal, you're like, there's some shit going on. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's weird because I do feel like I'm in organized chaos, like... Oh, for sure. Yeah, like what... You've got it on lock, but it's yeah. still chaos. Yeah, like, because it's like, I like having a very nice place to live, for example, you know, and people find that very surprising about me. Like, I like yeah. living, I like having, like, linen sheets and sure, feeling yeah, yeah, luxury yeah, 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 yeah. and feeling like I have this nice space to let it all, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. where people, and, and like, I dress, I, I like clothes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people always find that but very. You still dress kind of like a, with a, a sort of grandiness as well. Yeah, well, today, well, I'm I've ever since Australia, I'm now going for like you know health goth. So yeah, 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 yeah. Leather, <laughs> but sneakers, you know. Um, let's discuss the main thing I really wanted to talk about, which is how we kind of started talking yes. properly. Was that you've had out of anyone I know, you've had the maddest lockdown there's been. Um, I mean, yeah, what ha happened to you starting from? March, early March, was that basically yeah. when it started kicking off? Yeah, yeah. I left here yeah. and, and went pretty much into that. You know, like I was in America three days. I was in, so I flew out of London, went to New York less than 24 hours just yeah. to pack for Australia, yeah. right? And then I flew to California. My mom dropped me off at the airport two days later and then I was in Australia and the coronavirus was just sort of like... Mm. It was still around. So yeah, so so you're from New York. Yeah. You've been gigging in London. Yes. Uh, and just seeing what the scene's like. Yes. Um, and then you were heading to Australia to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was going to do Melbourne and I was going to do Sydney. Mm -hmm. And then I was going back to New York to sort of sort my shit out because mm -hmm. I was trying mm -hmm. to live both there and here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been there 15 years, but I'm kind of like, I was feeling like I'm ready to explore sure. what more is out there because New York is just so saturated with comedians. Mm -hmm. We're all good. Not mm. all of them, but <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of very good comedy and yeah. there's a lot of competition. Sure. And, um, you know, in my experience from being here, the, 
for two months, I was like, uh, you, the this UK, is workable. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the UK and Europe in general is more open to my style of comedy. I mean, Americans are prudes. They're very prudish. Really? You, I know, right? Because we're so loud and obnoxious, you, you would think... Yeah, but you have a puritanical vein that goes through you underneath your culture that sometimes appears. There's yeah, still a, yeah. There's still that. There's a prohibition energy that kind right. of hides under the surface. Yeah, and and I was uh, finding just you know there, there's something that I, I keep repeating to myself, you know, and I've had to do it this whole time is just live, like, laugh, love. Yep, that. <laughs> and right next to that, it's, Sorry. it's but right next to that. It's like you know, go where you you're, you are wanted. Yeah, you know. And there were clubs where it was like I worked the clubs, but the booker still wouldn't give me the time of day. And I'm like, you know. So how, how are you? Quite different to most American comics who are out on the circuit in New York. I I mean. I'm. I guess I'm darker yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm weirder. Darker and, and weirder. Okay. And I mean, I think just all the stuff. Like I, I've been told, oh, you know, your stuff's very shocking. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, my life is so shocking. Like I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you work in a yeah. sex dungeon. Yeah, like, like I'm not making it up. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing it to freak you yeah, out. Yeah, it really isn't. Um, that's what's. That's your craziness. Is that it's not put on. You know. Right. <laughs> and I, and I'm so and I look normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you speak you know normal. I mean? You're emotionally intelligent. Yeah. You're like, right. You, you don't have like any autistic vibes, but you live a life that's just like. Yeah, being very just very yeah. like I'm very open to things, and I think that you know to just sort of go off of the episode where I met you on mm. All I Do Is Fail. It's like, you know, I got sent away when I was a kid. Yeah, that's, that was a mad thing. Yeah, like, well, I ran away and then I got sent away, ca captured and sent away. And like... Because were you a really troubled teen? I don't, you know, I don't think so. Like, I think it, it's... My my mom had me when she was 44. I was an wow. accident. Yeah. She's like, you were a miracle. But I'm like, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. an accident. You know it. I know it. And it must be quite nice being an accident, though, because it's like everything you do is bonus. It's bonus, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, she was being older was so worried about me all the time. So it was very growing up. It felt very like there was There's like a neurosis plugged into. Yeah, you, sure. And so I think even just like normal teenage things started feeling like outrageous to her, which then started me kind of doing a little more outrageous yeah, stuff. Just pushing like, the envelope a bit. Yeah, like, I mean, my best friend when I was a freshman in high school, so I skipped a grade. So I'm already like young for high school, but then my best friend's a senior, you know, when mm. I'm a freshman. Yeah. So it's like, I'm hanging out with older kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, and... You just had that bit more mature energy, probably because your, your, your mum was... Like in a yeah, 50s, but know. then I'm like smoking weed, and then that freaks her, and so then I'm lying and whatever, and then yeah, I ran away, and you know that all kind of. What did you run away? Sorry. Uh, my so I have an older brother, so he's 20 years older than me. Yeah. He's a half brother. Um, you know this is this is my opinion about this situation. It my mom as she struggled to raise me as a mm. single mother, and you know we were having like our differences growing up. Which apparently they say, you know, fathers and daughters get along and mothers and sons. And then... That's what I found. Right, yeah. yeah. And so my mom and I fought a lot. And like I would, you know, act out. Not really, but it's mm. just we fought a lot. My brother sort of took this role of like a, another parent. Yeah. But I found... That's not appropriate. He's my brother, you yeah. know. But as a result, like whenever I would do something wrong, uh, you know, my mom would share with him. And then he would like, you know try to punish me and like so one weekend something happened he called me up and he's like i'm flying this weekend and when i get there your life's going to become extremely uncomfortable wow so i ran away okay because i, yeah, I yeah, said yeah. to myself well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go to disneyland mm -hmm. 
I'm gonna, you know, because I, I think I wanted to go to Disneyland with my older friend, and I was 15, so it yeah. makes sense. My mom said no, but you know, we got into a fight about it. My brother made that threat. Yeah. Um, you know, at, when I was younger, he had flown in once and like broke. My mom and I'd gotten into a fight. He flew in, like got into a car, drove to the airport, bought a ticket for an airplane, flew in, broke my door down. And like, you know, was punishing me. And so it's like when, when you set that kind of like stigma and then, you know, years later I'm being like threatened. I'm like, I'm going to go to Disneyland, party it up. Then I'll come back and I'll face whatever music mm -hmm. we're going to play here. You Great. Know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I ran away and I didn't make it to Disneyland. And in the 10 were you days. intercepted by the police? What was it? Intercepted by the police. I mean, intercepted by... This, by the way, does... I know we, we weren't talking about the main story. I just feel this is important context because I think it does, in some ways, at least emotionally, link to yeah. what happened in Australia in some ways. You know, I mean, well, just on that note, I'm trying to write a memoir. Sure. <laughs> like, I, as you... 100% as I you know, should. I know, but I went to college for writing okay concentration in memoir i yeah. haven't written shit since college i literally signed up for a curtis brown creative class yeah. to write a fucking memoir that i'm one of the reasons i'm here today and busy avoiding okay. you know yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. i don't mm. it's like like what you're saying i get lost in all of the stages of my life there's that too lead much up. yeah and it's about trying much. to find so to focus on the um the camp. So you got intercepted by the police. Yeah, I got intercepted by the police because I was posting on my live yeah. journal and they found me and so good. Yeah, and then I got the internet shit. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> no, it's like like old school internet oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? The wild west of the internet. <laughs> yeah. And and then I got sent away to a wilderness camp followed by a, a Mormon therapeutic boarding school Fuck. that didn't advertise as Mormon, but yeah. like was and that was like a very insane experience. Mm. So once I went through that, when I exited that situation and reacclimating into society and all of that, I recognized like that was a very harsh, you know, restriction to live under. You think? Yeah. And, <laughs> but as a result, I yeah. said like my life has so much value to me that I'm going to be open to the world. Like, Do yet you think that's what open, made you open? was having experiences like that so young. I and think... How, the surreal, the surrealness of it. Almost. Yeah. I mean, I think I was already like a little open, but that really kind of made me feel like, just like, you know, you, you got your one life. And mm -hmm. like, do I want to live it in a way where I'm going to go to college and then get a job and then get married and then sit at home after going to work and then going to the gym and watch TV every yeah. fucking night and, that's, and then pop out a kid and that's my life? Or am I going to like say yes to things 100%. that freak other people out like it doesn't freak me out you know like and that's genuinely my favorite thing about being a comedian i don't like to talk about being a comic too much because it's like every podcast is just uh, it's lashing over what it's like being a comedian but one of the best things i do find is that it's in your interest to have an interesting life and like right. it forces you to not because if you slip into a normal life or a kind of boring life you just there's so little to draw on that you're for you, you have to kind of force yourself to be open right to experiences well it's just like how are you going to feel at the end of your life yeah. looking back you know like are you going to be happy with the choices you made because it it fit like some narrative 100%. written by someone once upon a time i yeah. mean i don't know you know i but do you think you did would this a real shift in that but it think, feels like you running away to Disneyland, it was already there. Well, I, th I think it was there, but I think being told 
not, that I couldn't do yeah. any, like under the, the parameters that I was living, you know, we were like wearing color coded shirts. We weren't allowed to wear shoes. If you're on certain levels, you weren't allowed to use tampons. You know, when you're under that and at oh 15 yeah. and you go through that kind of like weird psychological thing. For me, I was like, I'm going to live my life by my own terms. Mm. You know, and I understand like you still have to acclimate like to paying taxes and having a job so you can have an apartment and shit like that. Like I cared about my life. Like I, I didn't want to like live on the street or yeah. whatever. You also got to take responsibility for yourself. You yeah. can't just like do everything with no consequences. Exactly. And so it's just like, say I'm free spirited. Like, exactly. You've like, got to have responsibility. It, 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 it taught me, I think a nice balance between accountability, but also yeah. living however I felt like, yeah. you know? So these, these are, these are the, the, um, this is what Catherine was talking about on um, the podcast I was listening in and my mouth was agape um, with the fact that you were taken away to this Mormon boarding camp and you worked in a sex dungeon. But um, it, so, it does sort of link a bit to the a similar situation you kind of ended up in yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Because it was like um, that same, seemed like a lot of the issues you were having were linked to that feeling of being trapped yes. and forced and taken away from you. It was very weirdly similar. Yeah. And seeing that happen on Instagram when you just explained that, it was very interesting to see. But if you want to explain more about right. Australia and what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, just to note this, I had never left America before August last year. Really? Yeah. So, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I came to the Fringe. That was my first time oh out of America. Oh my God. So when you went on that podcast and I saw you, that must have been like October, September, was it? Uh, After the Fringe. Or was it... Uh, for All I Do Is Fail? Yeah. That was January. January. So yeah. you, that was still... You still were barely out of America. Yes. Yeah. So like... Oh my I, God. I went to the Fringe, which completely changed my life. Sure. And it just, it, again, opened everything up. I was like, oh... There's more than the New York City comedy scene. Oh, for sure. And the Fringe is a place to see yeah. the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did you learn? What did you learn? Because I'm both upset that I find some comedians here have a real like snobbery towards American comedy. And then some comedians here are like, it's almost a bit embarrassing how much they like American comedy at the expense of British comedy. Well, I love them both, but they are so different. Yeah. They are so, it's really hard to compare them because they are so right. different. And the Edinburgh is the perfect example of the pros and cons of the British comedy scene because it's like the epitome of what yeah. what British comedy is. Yeah. And what did you find at, at the Edinburgh Fringe were like the big things that surprised you? Well, it was, I know it's, okay. I mean, you might, you'll learn from this. Everything's kind of about me for sure, me. Sure, sure, You know, sure. I'm also like, you know, we, I do, American. Every, everyone I speak to yeah. is, is a comedian. I'm very yeah. used to the mindset. Like American, white lady, you know, it's all yeah, about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, But it, it just, again, it was just like, oh, I'm sitting here tr grinding in New York and competing with like all these great comics for like, check spots mm. for second, the I'm next gonna, two I'm years gonna, gonna shut the window, oh yeah the kids from school oh. the children the children are so, yeah, yeah so i guess it just it, it, i just saw that there was i just saw more opportunity because it's like in a you know in new york i guess you just can saturation of it yeah i mean you can like go on the road and now you're going to ohio for the weekend mm -hmm. and what is that and it's like I, I was sitting here and i was like i could go overseas because i i was well received at the fringe mm. which was not what i expected either oh, we like your style of comedy uh right english people love like the because uh, just the point about what i think is good about your style which is what 
I like is that you naturally have quite a baby face. It's like you like have quite like a you have a big smiley, big cheeks, quite like a baby face. But then your voice and your style of comedy is like Joan Rivers. So yeah, it's like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like a quite a funny having quite you have quite an innocent face, but then you've like maybe I said some of your jokes about your father being your rapist, like and like you can say that in a way. Oh, that joke! Yeah. I haven't told that joke in a very long. It's time. a great joke, but yeah. it's what's funny <laughs> for me is having this kind of like quite wheezy, very American Joan Riversy sort of like voice and like dark, crude humor, but then you have like a really. Uh, innocent face which is quite funny I think yeah and I think uh, British people love very confident um, liberated American people because they really you can live vicariously through them right Whereas in America it will be like you know yeah yeah and what I just I just thought like if I'm gonna go on the road let's say like I was like I could do that in America or I could do that all over the world yeah. you know what I mean like I could so that that's really what that and meeting mark mm -hmm. you know kind of sparked the idea of like why not go and just see what london's like now yeah and mark mark was um your now husband yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, who you met uh how long ago i met him at the fringe we'll, we'll talk about the the wedding later yeah. but um you just met him uh, as everyone i mean my last uh I think my last three girlfriends I've met at the Fringe. It's just yeah. the place for it's it. It's just, yeah. I mean, well, we met. I did his show a lot, but I just thought I, I didn't really hang out with him. And then I just decided, like, it was really the last two days. He started messaging me yeah. on Instagram. So, like, the last night I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fuck that hot, drunk Irish guy. Like, cause it was I, the last I, two days, but have you was, been speaking? No, I mean, I saw him at his show, but we did not hang out. Mm -hmm. We didn't, like, anything. It's just right at the end. Just right at the end. And I then guess it really connected. He was like, I, because he's, he's actually very shy. And he was mm -hmm. like, I was, you know, coked up. And mm. I was like, I'm going to message her. You know, so cocaine gave oh, him the confidence wow. to message me. And then one night happened. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't. We, we weren't able to link up. And then it was yeah. literally like I left his apartment to go pack my shit and nearly missed my flight. Really? Home. Yeah. So it was really unexpected because I was just like, oh, this will just be a one night stand, whatever. And then when we were like hanging out, I ended up staying there all night. And I was like, this person's not what I thought they were. Yeah. And then we just kept in touch. What, in, in London? No, this was this was from Scotland, right? So he he flew back to Ireland. I flew back to New York. Oh, so he's from he's not an Irish person who lives in London. Well, he, he was is actually, now. Was he based in Ireland? He was he was in Cork. Yeah. Oh, was he being doing a circuit? Was he a circuit comedian in Cork? Yes, sort oh. of. Yeah, he had he's performed in Canada and he's lived in Melbourne before. Oh, yeah, okay. so he's performed all over the world and he had uh, gone back to Cork to kind of help his family with some stuff and was planning on moving to London. Yeah in january right and like to i want to take comedy seriously and like do yes that exactly thing. like yeah. he was really just helping his family f like build these homes sure, sure, you know sure, and sure. then he was like but i don't want to be here you know mm -hmm. and um there was a whole mess with that with this girl as well that i won't even get into <laughs> but it was it it started there's the so off. many things here it's no, just about trying to you know well basically he flew to new york in november and we were both kind of like so you just, just uh, because you guys November, got on so well. We were talking like, just, nonstop. Just come, why didn't you come over? Yeah, we, okay. since the Fringe, we basically talked. And I'm not like this. I don't have time to be like this with people. I wasn't looking for anybody. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you it's know. It's just a connection. And when it happens, it happens. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he flew to New York and we decided we were, you know, 
in love. We were like, this is crazy, but we were like, well, we don't know what we're going to do about it. I'll see you at the fringe. And is he very much like you with that attitude of open to things? Yeah, I'd say so, for oh, sure. And, well, and then what happened, the day he left, he's at the airport. Yeah. My, I had another day job outside of the dungeon that was kind of the one, yeah, yeah. Um, and they told me they weren't going to need me anymore. And I'd been sort of unsatisfied with New York. Yeah you know, since the fringe. And so I messaged him, he's at the airport and he's like, look, I'm going to London in January. You know that if you want to go, I'll do it with you. So I was like, fuck it. I will go to London in January. Amazing. So, so then we came here cause I was like, I'll just see what it's like. And then I had success here very quickly. I mean, I was like working top secret yeah, yeah, within yeah, my yeah. first week yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, what am I doing in New York? Like, I think you can. I think in the UK you can move up a lot quicker. It's a lot smaller community, so you can lose. Yeah. And like in the in New York, you've got these clubs that are like you know getting a spot at the Comedy Cellar, um, which is like the mecca of comedy in New York. Um, there's like people who get past there, and then you like, once you're a made person, it's hard to you know break into that group because it's just. I mean, I know people who've been past there and then effectively unpassed there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it. And like, cause that's a kind of club that to my understanding, it's like you work it and then you're not really supposed to work other clubs. And then it's like, oh, but so then, you're like one of them. So you're, so you're like, you're part of their. Yeah. But then it's like, how are you supposed to do anything, yeah, yeah. you know? Or, and and, it's and not get that better they, as well. And it's not that they don't work other clubs and, and they know, but you know what I mean? It's, it's very tight knit and it's, it's cool. I mean. What, so what did you notice? Uh, just while we're still vaguely talking about Edinburgh Fringe and the UK, what did you notice about what you could do comedically in Edinburgh, the UK, London, that you couldn't do in America? What was like the big noticing of like the change in sort of style? Almost? I mean, I don't, I didn't change anything. That's the thing. It's but it's like in America, like I've been told, like I, you know, by Carolines, for example, mm -hmm. like it was the assistant booker at the time, not, but just like. Oh, you know, it's very shocking. You know, maybe write some other so stuff. And so then, as a result, I ended up writing a bit about cocaine and how I used to eat dog food as a kid. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I was like, look, I was this like, just, yeah, because yeah. I'll take the constructive criticism because I want to mm. get better. But then I was like, this is just who I am, mm. which means I'm not for you. Mm. Whereas like a club like Gotham has been very nice to me. You know mm. what I mean? And they know what I do. And even though like it's not like a club I'm at all the time, that they're like, you know, we want to see what you're doing and more of what you're doing, you know, but it's not really like that. Like I find a lot of clubs book sort of very s commercial, safe comedy that in America is, or here or both or in New York yeah. here, but here I'm doing what I do and it's, at like top secret. And they're like, we like what you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, great. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's really nice because it's like, go where you're wanted, you know? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, there's no reason for me to be sitting here in New York trying to force feed you something that you're saying is not for you, even though like I can make audiences laugh. You know, the club has an idea of what they want to book. I guess I just like having a space. I mean, like, okay, so I don't know if this will surprise you. I don't know a lot about comedy. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not like, like, look. You're not a big comedy nerd. No. Oh, I, I appreciate okay. comedy. So yeah, it's like yeah. you're saying stuff and I'm like, yeah, I think so. Because it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I've been told by. Because there's, lo there's, there's lots of comics who are like that. Because I'm a big comedy nerd. Yeah. But like there's lots of comics who, you know, they kind of fell into it. And then it's not, it does, it's not because they're like, like obsessed with comedy. Yeah. It's like an art form. Right. Like I, so I just saw 
while in Australia, like a special of Doug Stanhope's because I've been told just yeah, yeah, yeah. many times, yeah. like you're like a female Doug Stanhope. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then I'm like, I don't even know what he and does. What did you think? I could see it. Yeah. I mean, do he, you like it? Yeah. Do you like yeah. watching comedy? I, you know, it's, I, I, the, so you like doing it. <laughs> I feel the, this way about, about it. It's like, I appreciate it. Obviously, like when somebody has a well-written joke, like if I'm at a show or whatever, I'm like, that was a good joke. Or if I hear something, I'm like, oh, that that's funny. Mm -hmm. But like if I sometimes feel like if I were to start paying attention to people I'm told I'm like, or it, it will bleed into what I do. And lots of people have that fear. And I, yeah, I've noticed that. There's that. And then there's also like if I'm paying attention to what everybody else is doing, then I'm losing the time to like hone and really craft the thing I'm That's doing. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people, I know that works for them. I'm almost the opposite where I like consume as much comedy as possible and I'm just desperate to see how people are doing it and how people are pushing it and like what, yeah. what people, what comedy means to other people. I'm sort of obsessively doing that but i think that's also a procrastination thing for sure like right. if i'm writing i'll spend a lot of time just watching other people and obsessively well see i'm like trying to live you know what i mean yeah like, so you can write not off to say, yeah, 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 yeah 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 but yeah, it's yeah. like i'm like if i were to take all that time to pay attention to everybody else then where am i going to find the time to do all the other things i want to do and write about and write and you know enjoy my life like i really like mm. music you know what i mean like so i spend a lot of time listening to music but if i was listening to comedy instead then when will i listen to music you know 100 percent. so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting perspective and i guess i'm just self-absorbed you know what i mean like i'm okay like i'm self-centered i'm, I'm kind of like I'm thinking about me and my stuff and all of that all the time. Yeah. Maybe it's, a, you know, so I just don't, I, I, I think about other people in the sense that I'm nice to other people, but I don't like think, I really try to not think about what other people are doing. Uh, that, that's probably a healthier uh, mindset. Well, I don't know, you know. Um, but that, so, so after Edinburgh Fringe, you yeah. met Mark, he came to New York, fell mad in love. Right. And then you'd planned probably in January, I don't know when, to go to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Well, so I had applied for M Melbourne, I think in September, October, mm -hmm. and then I got accepted. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was being planned to go. It was starting in March. So yeah, met Mark, fell in love. Oh, and that was the other thing, just like to talk about, I, I was told by multiple people, they're, they're like, you should, especially after the Fringe, like I have one kind of comedy mentor who is nothing like me. Like he's he's a squeaky clean comic, mm -hmm. but he and I are like kind of kindred spirits. Fine. And like, like he's the type of person that I am like, listen, I need your advice about something. And he's like, I'm at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Meet me outside. And it's like a five minute conversation where I'm like, I'm not happy in New York. This is what just happened at the Fringe, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, move to London now. You're going to do Bill Hicks. You're going to do Doug Stanhope. You're going to go over there. You're going to get a fan base. And it's going to be your own fan base. Rather yeah. than like this commercial sure. thing. He's yeah. like, he was like, go. So it was like That's that great. plus Mark. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go over there. And, and you're I'm at like a turning point in any yeah. way. And like things are up in the air. You know, Exactly. You're, especially when you, you're, you're like you're like three, four years in comedy. Yeah, four. Yeah. About. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's hard to, you know. And you're at that point where you're now good enough that you can do comedy that you're proud of. And that represents you. Yeah. But you're still so early in your career that it's just it, it's there's so many routes to go down it's so like flexible right you know? you're not yeah. so bad that you're stuck yeah but you're not big enough that you're it's clear what you're gonna do yeah and then i've now seen the options yeah. and i'm like well fuck it like I'm, I'm gonna go do what 
I mean, not saying like no one's done it, but like no one I know personally is over here. The very few Americans come over here. Yeah. Genuinely. Which then I come over here and I mean, I'm like, well, you know, it's funny because now with coronavirus, I've had more than one American comic hit me up going, so, really? you know, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hello. Like, no, do you want it? Do you don't want them touching? I mean, getting that American spot on Top Secret. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's like yes and no, but I mean, it's like you know, New York is very like this is just another observation that had been brought to my attention by an Australian co comic. Yeah, and then I've now by being outside of America, I've seen New York is a very like, what can you do for me? You know, that's like, what I've heard, and. And like, I always tried to, if somebody wanted a spot for me on a show that I had on, I'd always try to give somebody a spot once. And I'm not saying I always mm -hmm. was successful with that because yeah. I know there are people I've told no, yeah. fine. But I was always like, you know, we're all comics. We're all trying to do this thing, everybody. But you know, even looking at it now, I'm like, like from the outside perspective, it, it's disheartening, you know, like, I guess, because it's like, yeah, it, it does feel very transactional a lot. And like, if I have a very good friend, I'm gonna help you. But like, when I'm getting these messages, I'm like, "Hey, I'm doing all right. I was trapped in Australia for six fucking months. Um, yeah, you want to know about London? Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it, there's a twinge of the like transaction. There's a, there's a lot of that here because it's just in comedy. But in general, from what I've heard from American comics and overseas comics, is that uh, the UK comedy scene is a bit more of a community, supportive community, like. I've certainly noticed it comparatively to what I've heard about America is that there's less um, disregard of people at lower levels. Like apparently there's quite like a view of like if you're doing well, you don't speak to people who are doing worse. Oh, like, that's, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 well, that's the thing. Like I also think my style of comedy is so, it, I, I felt like sometimes asking people, because, you know, it's, it's hard to ask people to be on their show sometimes. Right. You know, because mm. they might say no, you yeah. know, and I've been told no by people that I'm like, you're not further along than me. Like you're, you know, oh, what I it mean? really pisses me. And, yeah. and, and you're kind of like, oh, when you see who's on the bill. And you're or, like, yeah. And, and I'm like, so you, I, I've and I've, you know, heard through grapevines like about people being like, yeah, she's not funny. And it's like, that's OK. You know, you know, you hear through the grapevine where people like, you know, say not nice things about you. Mm. Like I, I generally try if, look, I, if I if I have an opinion about somebody's comedy, I'm keeping that in a very tight knit circle. I'm not talking to anybody who's gonna hear, sure. you know. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's like, it, I guess I'll use this as an example. I don't like System of a Down, but I can appreciate that they're good <laughs> for what they do. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 and yeah. like, that's sort of the yeah. thing in New York. It's kind of like, I don't know, people can be very like, I don't like that, you yeah. know, and like, so I don't want to help them in any way yeah. or the, or I'm not going to help them unless they can help me. Like I, I, I know. I think it's probably just because it's a lot, it's a lot more competitive. I think the reason why it's a bit more gentle here is because it is less competitive. It's I'm, less, yeah. you're less vying after each other's. There's, there's few, there's more space to succeed and make money off comedy in the UK. You can find ways to do it. Right. Comparative to America. Yeah. So it's, I think that's what drives it probably more than anything. I mean, it, this is going to sound very, very childish. And I've, I've reflected a lot on why this hurt my feelings so much. But there, <laughs> there was a comic that I saw like every week yeah. that I interacted with yeah. who 
you know, I was like, we're not like friends, but we're friendly. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the pandemic, he unfollowed me on Instagram, right? And I was like, this is weird because it's like, you're not just some guy I met once. Like you're Mm -hmm. somebody that, Mm -hmm. so I like asked him. I was like, yeah. I love that. I I love the boldness. Well, because I was like, because I I looked at who he's following. I'm like, you're still following everybody. Like I know that we know. It's also interesting to see what you've done. I, yeah, I just wanted to. I was like, "What's mm. what's up?" Because all I did was leave New York, yeah. like so. And he was like, "Oh," uh, his response to me was like, "Just just trying to keep my ratio low, you know, or like like his the people he's following versus followers." And I was like, "Yeah, but you're still the one who made the cut. Didn't make the cut." Yeah, and 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 I was like, "Okay, you know," and f- and and I but think I about I that. I can't imagine um, being asked why I've unfollowed someone. Uh, well, he, and now it's happened by uh, you know other comics. Like when I got married, I had comics unfollow me that I know, and I was like, geez. I was like, because I have this fucking app that tells me because I'm a child, you know. And oh, like, you got one of those yes, apps? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my because God. I like seeing who these fuckers oh really God. are. Oh my God, that's I, so funny. Yeah, I, you got one of those. I'm, I'd love one of those apps, but that is hilariously well, petty. I, I like and that's seeing. So bad for your mental health. Well, you you're know, asking for those problems. Well, you know you are. It's weird because it's like. <laughs> I just unfollow them now, you know, but I'm like... I'm going to start fucking with you, man. Because now I know gonna that you can me, unfollow I'm just going to unfollow you, follow yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's interesting to me because I think sometimes the easiest thing you can do, truly, to support anyone at this point that you, like, have had an interaction with is follow them on the fucking internet. You don't even have to like... You know what I mean? And I'm like, so you're making this active decision, and I know it sounds childish, but I'm sitting here thinking during a global pandemic... You're like, you know what I got to do? I got to unfollow people that I know, you know? And like... I, don't, I think I have the opposite view a little bit because I, I hate the way people, some people use social media and I feel very... I have to put out loads of clips for this podcast. Right. And I feel really awkward about it because I, I have to do it to make it grow. But I there's so many people who like make me so upset and angry by the nonsense that they post. And oh, like, yeah. And the way they put their personality out. The especially men, male comedians who have that horrendous mix of insecurity and arrogance and they just splay it out as if it's vulnerability. It, like, it sets my teeth on edge so much and I'm so t- nervous about being making bad stuff or wasting people's time Right. Um, that I do feel like if you find me tedious, I post a lot of clips. I do a lot of stories. Please unfollow me. That's completely fine. Well, that's, Even if you know yeah. me, I won't take it personally because I hope I could do the same when you... I mean, Facebook's good because you can just unfollow them and it still looks like your friends. I mean, you can mute them on Instagram. Mute, yeah, I guess you mute know? them. Yeah, yeah, the mute thing, I yeah. think, is what you should be doing to make it less. But I'm also a big believer, if it's not for you, enjoy, like, I'd rather not have you on board. And I mean, I think for me, like, I use social media. Like, I hate it. First of all, I hate it. Mm-hmm. And like, when I was in Australia, I just couldn't get on it, period. Like, I was like, I cannot see the world existing without me in it. That's what it felt like. Oh yeah, so it comes back to the, the narcissism, it comes back into well, it Well, I wasn't allowed to do anything. Yeah. You know what I There's mean? There's a lot of time to focus on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, but it was like painful to feel trapped and then recognize the rest of the world is not mm. trapped. Okay, you know? let's let's na- let's now talk about, yeah. um, we, we danced around it, but I think they've got a general picture of kind of the shit you've right. been through in general and your sort of mental state well, yeah, now going I feel, into it. I feel like I sound like a crazy person because I've thought a you lot don't sound about- like a crazy person. Well, about You've the Instagram it. thing, but no, it, no, the Instagram. No, that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> that is, no, that is a bit mental. Yeah, and that is petty. Yeah, but it's hilarious as well. As is most of the things that happen it, in your life. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird hang up, I guess. You know, because I do you I, pay for that app? 
No, 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 no. So I you think find a free one. I, I found a well, no. So another comedian, a f another female comic, told me about it, so and funny. I was like, "I'll it download so, that." So yeah, petty. yeah. And she's she's you know, I I she was like, "You're gonna love this," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I just I just like I like knowing who people are, I guess you know, and that shows me that shows who they you all are. you need to know. You're yes. either you're either on board, you get <laughs> the fuck off. Yeah, I get the fuck <laughs> off my train. Yeah. So Australia. Yeah. So I. So you you planned to, to go to the Melbourne Comedy right. Festival. Right. And You're so did with, Mark. And yeah. Mark was coming as well. Right. And then you go. So I go two weeks before it begins. So March second. Just to I'm see there. Australia. Well, no, I was doing shows in Sydney, and okay. I was going to Adelaide, the Adelaide Festival. So okay. I was going to do some shows the last weekend there. Once again, how many countries have you been to, outside at, of America? At that point. No, England. Two. UK is one country. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess Scotland, and then. The, London. So that's England. one country. Scotland and England. Yeah, I know. It's the UK. It's the UK. So, so this is the second country. So you've one been country. To, so this is now the which second Which I think is, I didn't even know that going in, which does add that the, the amount of shit that's happened in these two countries. It's the, <laughs> you've literally only been to these three places. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. I actually, yeah. So I've ended up married. Um, and just like, just to give you this other yeah. idea, when we were in London, the girl Mark had dated prior yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. me was harassing me on the internet, like emailing me and writing about us on Quora like hundreds wow. of paragraphs. So we were getting emails at random while she's updating Quora. So it's like, that was mentally weird because I was like, is this girl going to fly from Cork and like murder my ass? You know, well, this is a crazy Irish woman. <laughs> well, she's apparently American, but also Armenian. Okay. I don't understand. But the point is, is like, so the first part of this year, I'm living with a man that I like know I love, but really don't know no, yet. Yeah, yeah. While this girl is like telling me he's like this narcissist and this and that. And is I'm she trying to sell it as like save yourself the hassle sister. She was trying to sell it like he's a very bad person. Yeah. And this is for, for your own good. Yeah, but I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I, you know, I've been around the rodeo a few times, so <laughs> so I'm going to trust my gut, but I'm sure. also like, but it's terrifying shit yeah. she's saying, you know, yeah. and it's kind of nonstop, like, yeah. like hundreds of paragraphs and then writing about us on the internet as mm. well, like answering questions about narcissism in a forum where people, it got over 200,000 hits. Wow. Yeah. Terrifying because I'm like, this is about us, but it's like molding us to and fit her narrative. So if you looked at the narrative, if you'd read that and didn't know anything about it, would you be on her side or would it be clear that I mean, she's meant to, like it, the way she sold it obviously made She's it. writing to other mentally ill people. So, like, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it only stopped when I went on Vittorio's podcast and talked about it all. And uh, then good she- Good guy podcast. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts. Exactly. On YouTube, Vittorio Angeloni. Sorry. Yep. And she- had been stalking my Instagram, saw in the story within the hour of it being released, listened to it, wrote me the final email because she listened to you on the Vittorio podcast. She was listening to all the podcasts. So she paid to Patreon. One. I don't know. Here's the thing. We are aware that she is still to some degree paying attention to us just because we talked about when, the, when, when all that sexual assault stuff was happening in Ireland in the comedy scene, mm -hmm. um, I, she's a reporter. And you were scared that she's going to... Well, I, I thought two things. If she tries to twist him into some shit like that, I, I'm not, not going to fly. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. he didn't do anything, you yeah. know? And I had to go through... It's official. Yeah. I had to go through... You heard it here first. I, exactly. <laughs> like, joke. I had to go through, like, their entire relationship on Facebook to just... Because once the... You know when somebody's hammering something into yeah. you, you're like... I need to know because she, you know, it, it was a lot. Like, I'm like, either she has her own mental issues, mm. you know, 
or she's telling the truth and you are a crazy person, you know? Um, so when that stuff was happening, I was concerned she was going to try to twist a narrative. Yeah. And then I was also, she was like looking for women to um, be the advocate for. And mm. I was like, I'm offended because you literally spent months harassing me. Like you are the definition yeah, yeah, of harassment. Of harassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but nobody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I kind of suffered in silence As to they some degree. Oft, often are. Yes. It's yeah. so it's so often the case. Exactly. I mean, like you know, she was detailing their mm. former sex life to me, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't ask, you know. So it's like shit like that. So I was really heated up about it in Australia, and like we've been told mm. by some mutual friends that she listened to that episode or or knows about it, and was really upset we were talking about her, and I'm like, you can't. I know. You're, for, you're either in your life. You, if you force yourself to be in your lives, you're in Exactly. Lives, and know. for somebody who's like quite she literally a, to that, a yeah. reporter, <laughs> it's like yeah, freedom yeah. of speech. Um, so that was the beginning of this year, right? So it's like while we were in London, I, you know, I mean like harassed. And so then you've it, got this sort of tension and stress going right. into this. So Exactly. To our relationship. So that ends pretty much as I leave London. End of nice. February. I fly to Australia. Coronavirus. Excited. Huh? Excited? Yeah, I I'm feeling pretty mm. good. I'm like things are going well. Yeah. And it's the I, second country you've been to. You're excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm gonna do these festivals. I'm gonna run a ton of time. I feel like I seem to be well received. And what do you expect in other countries to be like almost as you're on the plane? I mean, I hot, hot. Yeah. I expect it to be fucking hot. Yeah. Okay. So I'm you like expect shrimps on the barbie. Yeah. Hot, hot nice. Blooming onions. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay, the whole cool. deal. But I'm like, it's gonna be hot. I'm gonna be on the fucking beach. I'm yeah. gonna be doing comedy. It's yeah. gonna be great. Great. And as I'm there, so I'll start by saying the accommodation that had been sorted for me was infested with cockroaches. Like, when I say infested, I mean crawling on clean dishes, in drawers. The what, sorry? The, the accommodation that had been so, yes, sorted for yeah. me by essentially the person. So somebody had booked me all these dates with an agreement that I would get that they would take a cut of what I was paid. Because they'd book like an agent fee almost. So, yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Booking, yeah. However, the amount of money I made in Sydney... Um, I'll put it this way. I lost money while in Sydney. So this is prior to coronavirus really taking off. I'm losing money being there. I'm staying in a... So it start, the, the picture of Australia is slowly starting to... Yeah, right at the beginning. Shift. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've lost money. Yeah. And the accommodation that he sorted for me was infested with cockroaches. And I was essentially what had been... I did get to sleep in a bed for six days, to be fair. But it was literally a mattress yeah. on a pullout couch in a garage. Wow. Yeah. So I'm Do like... Do you think it was one of his mates or something? Was it really... It was in his home, which was, uh, was a five-bedroom home that had eight men living in it at the time. And oh then God. me. And so I'm like not happy. Like you turn on the lights, there are roaches everywhere. There are dead roaches squished that on the ground. Awful. It was horrendous. As we talked earlier, you're a bit of, you like your linen sheets. Yeah. And, and they're saying to me, they're like, look, it's Sydney. There's cockroaches. And I'm like, I'm from New York. Like I am a, I am a cockroach. Like, you know, don't yeah. talk to me. Like, I don't know. Co like you have a cockroach problem. Yeah. Like, don't like try to tell me I'm crazy. Yeah. Because there, you have roaches fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have videos of it. Like, I took videos because I was like, I'm not going to be told I'm fucking nuts. So, at this point, coronavirus is coming in. And I'm like, st I go to Adelaide and I'm like having some relief from that roach hotel. And like... They're like, bad start, but I'm bad still... Bad start, going to be fine. Going to be fine. Yeah. And in Adelaide, that's when I'm... My flight 
is canceled. Okay. But my flight isn't even until April. So I'm like, what the fuck? You know? So I, I call Mark and I'm like, he's still in London. And I'm like, look, you have a flight to Australia. I don't have a flight to the UK, whatever. Let's get, let's move your flight and get you, get you here. Right. Because I was like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And the m- hours after that happened, America was like, UK is banned from coming in to America. Right. So like, mm. If I had flown to America, Mark couldn't have flown in. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, any flights out were astronomical in price. Mm-hmm. But he already had his flight. So he flew to Australia. I'm He made it to Melbourne within 24 hours of them shutting the international borders. Wow. I made it to Melbourne within four days of them shutting their state borders. Oh, my God. So we like get there and we're like, all right, we'll figure out what's going to happen. But we're like not thinking any of this is really happening and then suddenly it's it's becoming readily apparent like we're about to like really be here because we thought when did it get real for you well we thought we were going to go to perth and stay with his brother Mm. right because he has a brother there but when they shut the state borders he was still in his two-week quarantine so we were like we can either risk getting on a plane and having you deported because you've broken your quarantine yeah or now we're just in melbourne so we were there but we were kind of like, it looks like we're in a pretty safe place mm. compared to New York or London or whatever, because that's when shit was kicking off in New York. Mm. Um, but it was locked down. You know what I mean? Everything's closed. Mm. You're, you're not allowed to do anything. But it was like kind of okay. Fine. You know what I mean? But we're living with these people who we were supposed to rent from for the festival and just the duration of the festival. And like within the first week of us being there, I took a ride to the store with the girl and she tells me that she was supposed to use the time when we were renting to go to Cambodia because she had told her boyfriend of eight years that we're all living together that she's not in love with him anymore. So I'm like, oh. Oh, wow, that's fun. I'm like, I just got here, but sure. Like, I'll I'll, I'll carry that for you. But then I'm like thinking, did you tell him that you told me? Because I'm going to tell Mark. Obviously. And, And now we're like having, then she and I never talked about it again. Never fucking talked about it. that was right it. at the beginning. That was right at the beginning. But we, she probably thought you were going to leave, so it was all right to tell you. I Well, she knew we weren't going to leave. Because, I mean, I don't know what she thought. Because we couldn't go anywhere. And we're, like, paying them rent. And we at this time, we're living in this room that was very small. Um, and that the closet ended up... I don't know if I told you this part. The closet flooded. So a bunch of my shoes I had to throw out. Because they became moldy. Yeah, so I was like, what the fuck? And at this point, the weather is turning yeah. because it's turning into fall, like autumn. And you didn't really conceptualize Australia ever being anything but hot. Hot. Yeah. and But also now we have passed yeah. the date I was supposed to leave. Oh, my God. So we're living with you them. You got tickets back on that day and they're just... I had tickets back to America for yeah. the end of April. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I was from Sydney. And like, so even then my flight that was canceled, I wasn't even in the city. Mm-hmm. I was supposed, whatever. So we end up moving with these people. And I think I was telling you like, look, these people are really, really like, okay. I, I've, I had a lot of time to think about them mm-hmm. because I had fuck all going on. I thought I I was saying to myself these people are very kind because they didn't have to let us rent mm. from them. But at the same time, I'm like, we are renting from you. We're paying you, and the reason why we are here is is indicative of the fact that you pretty much don't care about your own life. 
Like not in a coronavirus sense, but like I started recognizing like if he knows this woman no longer loves him and she knows that, but they're not breaking up and they're just existing in this day mm. and we're here as this distraction because neither of them are even really doing what they're, they're passionate about in life. Do you think the part of having you there was a good way to have them put off their own yes. relationship problems? Because we weren't the first people that they were renting to. Mm. It seemed like they, they had this room to have strangers come and rent. So then they had these Airbnb people, yeah. which then distracted them. And I know this because there was a guy who had rented before us. So she told me about this. So we moved house with them, hmm. um, which is crazy. Like, that's how long we were there. We, oh, sh- we moved I didn't house know that. With them. Yeah, we moved. <laughs> oh we helped them move into a new house and then rented a new room. Just the same deal. In a, a new, new house. Place. Yeah, with them. That's how long you were there for. Yeah, that was, that was like three months in. We moved house with them. And there's no way for you to leave. At this point, the, the, there's no borders open. Like, we could have left but been separated. Like, if we had contacted our embassies, we could have paid an astronomical amount of money for a reparation flight. Is that what they call it? No, not yeah, reparation. Yeah, repatriation. Re- repatriation. There we go. Yeah, re- no, reparation. Yeah, reparation is, uh, is what, is what you... played after the Yeah, war. there we go. I was like, <laughs> it was like what black yeah, re- people re- need re- in America for <laughs> yeah. slavery. That's... Yeah. I'm like, that's Repar- why it's... Re- um, yeah, repatriation. Uh, re- uh, repatriation or something. There, I don't actually know. No one know. knows. No. Um, and I said it with a lot of confidence, but... Yeah, right? And I said, yeah, okay. So that was still going to cost you a ton of yeah. money. So we were like... And the one thing we knew is we didn't want to be separated. Yeah. But because he's Irish and I'm American, that was like going to happen mm. which is when we kind of decided we would just get married <laughs> it's, yeah, like I, I i saw i saw maybe a minute worth of it on instagram live yeah which is so funny it was it's such <laughs> a funny to do to live stream your wedding on instagram live is well, just hilarious did i tell you what we were originally gonna do no See, oh maybe this this i'm disappointed out of everything i'm disappointed about i'm kind of disappointed about this what we were going to do, I had the venue at the Fringe for this coming year, Sophie Southside, which is basically separated into two aisles. The South Sider. Sophie Southside. Okay, fine. Yeah. And what we were going to do is use one of my show nights. Um, I was going to cancel my show, tell all the comics that I knew, hey, my venue is giving away free yeah. alcohol. I was going to have champagne, right? I was like, my venue is giving away free alcohol during my show. You have to come. Get all the comics in there. And then we were going to get married in front of everybody. So funny. And we were, yeah, we were going to be like, surprise, you're at our wedding. And we were really excited about it. Oh, if I was an audience member, that would be so fucking lit. Yeah. That would be such an amazing vibe. It was. That would be so great. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited because I was like, because neither of us wanted, want to do the wedding thing. But we were like, to do a joke on comedians that's real, our real wedding Mm. will be really fun. Because you don't, you don't like, you don't hold marriage sacred, but you feel um, like the, you, you, you love him enough that the commitment part of uh, even a joke marriage wedding is fine. So you might as well make it as funny as possible. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's funny. A lot of people have asked me like, oh, how's your marriage going? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't even see it as that. I don't, I. What I love about being with him is it's I'm unchanged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it I'm, is kind of funny that you have a husband though. Yeah, it's it is, weird. It is funny that he's, you have a husband. I know you're someone's wife. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's weird because it doesn't and and like you know especially like oh is, is it going okay with all this? I'm like yeah. I mean 
yeah, it's it's fine. Like, I don't know what you want me to say because I didn't, I don't feel different. And that's mm. what I love about it. I feel like I'm committed to somebody, but I would have been committed to him regardless. Mm. So, you know, um, yeah, the marriage thing is weird. I mean, and that was pretty much just, again, it was like we saw a lawyer when we were here in London because that's when we had decided to get married. And, um, you know, it's, it's like a Brexit thing, you know, because... Mm. The lawyer was like, look, if you guys want to get married, I recommend you do it before Brexit because then I can legally work in the UK and in Europe. What's amazing about this kind of these sort of interlinking stories is that they work. They're so tied to all the mad shit that's happening in the world, like Brexit, coronavirus. Like it's such a all the personal stuff you're going through is so you're being pulled about by all of the biggest major world events and having a serious effect on your future in life. I mean, Brexit was something I didn't know what it was. Sure. Even when I was here in February, I did not. And then, and you could also see on the news that nor did any of us yeah. really understand what it was. <laughs> right. And so that was pretty much the catalyst. Like, otherwise, would we have ever gotten married? I mean, if we didn't live from in other countries. Yeah, but you, it feels like it's the type of relationship where whether you're married or not, it doesn't really make much difference. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're just, we're just. So you might as well. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, so we were going to do it. So then in Australia, we were like, well, fuck we both agreed we were like we will not be separated during this like global pandemic period mm. like um and however <laughs> well, yeah well and that's what i mean so we were like we'll get married and that will sort of further solidify that because we were like it was really up in the air what was gonna where we were gonna go you know what i mean i was like are we going to new york new york doesn't seem to exist anymore i have an apartment there that someone is renting my room um but are we going to go to London? You know, we didn't know. Like, it, it changed mm. several times, like, where we would go from Australia when the borders opened up again and when flights went back down to a reasonable amount of money. I mean, when when they actually were allowing people to leave, leave, flights were, like, anywhere between $5,000 and $10,000. Oh, my God. So we were, Crippling. like... Yeah, and I was like, I we can't, yeah. no. Like, I'm not going to go broke leaving here because I'm already going broke here. Yeah, but yeah. like, m- both of our savings yeah. because of the exchange rate went further in Australia. Okay. You know what I mean? Nice. So I was like, and you know, Mark worked there even what though- he did construction oh, because great. he used to work there. So he had a TFN number. And like, you know, at this point, we're out of that country and like whatever. But it, he paid taxes, but he didn't have a working visa. And it's like, what are we meant to fucking do? You know, like, so technically that was a thing. But so just to kind of focus on uh, what were just the days like? Well, so once he started going to work, like when, yeah. before he started going to work, they were pretty sad. You know, they were sad, but we ha- we were with each other. We'd go on really long walks and just look at the closed city, you know, because M- Melbourne was under stage three from like March until June, mm. which meant you could go out for walks. And it's still, just remind, it's not summer. It's And it's not summer. So now it's cold. Yeah. Now it's cold. And, and so, yeah, I, I'm living in a You attractive. managed to miss the summer, complete summer. Yeah, no summer. Yeah. No summer. No summer at all. You literally followed the winter around the globe. Yeah, no, because I'm back now for yeah. winter. So so there's no summer. And so we're going on walks. But then yeah. Mark on a job. And we're now living in this new house with this couple that like, I think the, the part that I had, I struggled with with them is like, I couldn't engage with them in a real way. Because, you know, she told me this very personal. And you think this really shifted the relationship from that? 
her telling you this really personal thing. Well, for me, I'm like, I will talk about anything at any time and whatever. Sure. And like, I would like to be like, hey, now that I've lived with you guys for three and a half months, I do think you I should- I have some notes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I think you should break up. And then if you come back around, then maybe it was meant to be, but it seems like your relationship is fucking dead. And the dude, as nice as he was, would, was it like, I, 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 I an adult know-it-all. He is somebody who I mm -hmm. like one time said, I have no interest in politics. I don't know who that politician is. His response was, oh, you don't know who he is. And then just He's rattling off. And I'm like, you're not listening to mm -hmm. me. Like he, I'm a fan of music. He talked about music in a way that made me never want to hear yeah, music yeah, yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> like he had bad taste. I know completely what you mean. Yeah. So, so I'm living with but people. But you said something that was, so, sorry to uh, put you, interrupt you, but you said something that was really interesting. Uh, which is what was so fascinating about your um, situation for me is that you said to me there is a way to be truly completely grateful to someone and not like them yeah which is what is fascinating is that they you were fucked without them yeah you owed them so much right yet as people you didn't connect with them at all. Right. Which is so confusing. Yeah. Like, it was weird because, like, on our, our wedding day, it felt like we connected with them. But really, what it was, was we connected with the two other people who came over, who actually made our wedding really great. So... Who are they? Okay. So, th th oh, these are these are people who are, like, life lifelong friends at this point. Amazing. And we're lucky. Like, so, basically, um, our first week there... Mark had a friend that he knows from Cork from childhood who was living in Australia. And he was like, look, I'm going to come say hi, but then we're fucking off to like New South Wales before the borders, the state borders shut. So we came over and we were like, do you know where we can buy ketamine? And he was like, yeah, I know a guy. And um, you big cat users. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of ketamine. Mm. Big fans. O overall else. Do you have cat um, for your main course? No, for like, for like the, would you just have cat? Yes. See, I, I, this is what I find interesting. I speak to a lot of people about this. It's like, I like cat, but I like it as um, a sort of after dinner mint. It's like mm -hmm. a nice way to kind of phase you, like wonk out at night. I cannot conceptualize just doing ketamine. I, I, but then loads of people do. Loads of yeah. people like it fully because it's just such a wonky drug. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I've, I, it's my favorite. I, yeah, yeah. And I was introduced to it in Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're a very ketty country. Yeah. And we are thrilled to be back for that reason yeah, because, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, well, so we're at the beginning of lockdown right now. So we go to buy ketamine and we meet this guy. Mm. And he seems pretty wild, you know, and, um, you know, he's this Irish guy. He's been there, you yeah. know, over a decade. He has this young Sri Lankan girlfriend. They're very much in love. And uh, basically the second time we went to buy ketamine mm. was before our wedding, like a few days before yeah. our wedding. We went over there and, you know, I was prepared based on our first experience there. I was like, look, we're going to be there a couple hours. You'll have some beers, whatever. We were there five hours. We left there. Mark had an armful of his clothes because he was like here mate like take these like you know i'm wear these clothes like we're wearing his clothes like like sultan pants like um yeah, yeah. you know yeah. harem pants like and oh, it's that kind of that that kind of vibe yeah mm -hmm. like so we now own them yeah. we have two pairs of his pants that we wear around you know uh, the yeah. cat guy the australian yeah. cat guy yeah. well he no he's irish but irish. living in australia and so we told him that night but like then a few days later he invited us camping we we're like no look we're getting married monday and he was like we'll come and so we're thinking 
okay, how are we going to explain to these people that we're living with that this guy that we're like, that we barely know, but that we bought drugs for, like a drug dealer Mm -hmm. is coming over (laughs) with his young girlfriend to our wedding. But he came and he basically, it was the five, it was six of us. We were one person over the legal amount of people to be there. But he made the wedding what it he made it fun he got everybody around he was like speeches speeches but the speeches Uh, were like literally i know i just met you four weeks ago (laughs) like that's amazing and these are lifelong friends now you think those two are 100 percent. they were the only like respite in in all of this because we'd go over to his house i mean i've tried pcp now because of that guy because he ordered ketamine but they sent him pcp it's a really deep it's like when you lose your virginity to someone it's like you're always kind of a deep emotional connection i think the saying when someone gives you pcp for the first time yeah you're with them forever well (laughs) i'll just (laughs) it's true i mean pcp it was nothing anybody there wanted but it was what he got so it was what he had it was one of those and it's horrible i hate it by the way pcp is terrible but when we went there a second time and it was all he had i was like fuck it let's do it again um it's all he's got you know yeah i was like Jesus, i mean we are desperate and i am in australia so you know it can't get worse than this yeah. um so they it was excellent i mean he he brought a huge bag of ketamine perfect wedding it was over in five hours people puked you know, from drinking, like... Oh, so you properly, you lit it up. Yeah, we lit it up. And, but it was like, <laughs> it was six people. You know what I mean? The whole thing was finished by 9 p.m. Yeah. It was the, it was like the best wedding I've ever had, you know? Um, so that was... They lived, everyone lived locally. Everyone lived locally, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no destination wedding. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so I think the difference between them and like the couple we're living with is like them, you could connect with. Like, they're real. They are who they are. The couple that we're living with... I don't know if it's just because they're so polite or so nice, but it was like, you're not going to have a real conversation. This is, yeah, because it's like, um, I think we're, we're quite similar in some ways in the way that we're like, you know, we're not mean, but we'd say what we think to a certain extent. Yes. Is like that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I've always found it quite stressful when people are like, the, like the nice person, someone who's so right. nice. I really, because I can't, I have nothing to cling on to because I don't know what you think. I don't know where yes. do we stand. Yes. No, or people who don't like, I, I like opening conversation with like a com- like a self-deprecating remark or like explaining something that's kind of almost immoral about you or right. like opening that up. But when people are just so nice, no one's that nice and it makes me feel, it yeah. gives you no room to like really understand them, which is confusing because yeah. well, they're I'm, still nice. But what does that mean? Well, because like the thing is, is like I know because she let it out what's going on with you, but we're never talking about that. It's so, all under the surface. Yeah. So it's all like we're going there trying to figure out like really just yeah. surfacey bullshit to talk about. Meanwhile, I'm like, look, I know I'm in your home and this is weird, but I'm like quite literally going through the hard one of the hardest things in my life, and I've For smoked sure. meth and been sent away and all that shit. I'm I'm like okay, you my, threw in the meth part, but yeah, yeah let's go. But I'm like, my career is like effectively over. I'm on the, I'm 10,000 miles as away. as far away as you could be. Yeah, you know? I, I, from anything I've known, I, I've just, I've, I, I've got married, you know, which is great. That's, that, that's a bonus. But I'm like, you know, in my apartment in New York, the guys just told me who's renting my room that he, he can't pay me June rent on June 1st. He's telling me this. You know what I mean? I'm going through all this stuff that like I'm talking to them about, but then there's no real back and forth, you know, like there's no real connection there. So they're like, uh, they're, they're not actively listening. They're just kind of taking the words in. It's not like, 
Yeah, and yeah. they're not sharing what they're going through. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's like, I think they're busy lying to themselves. Like, I've observed it, and I'm like... And so still, after six months, you really felt they were still complete walls up well we moved after four months so so basically yeah yeah, yeah. so so like the thing is well so she threw a party Mm -hmm. okay so she threw a party that she was not supposed to throw and we know this because we got home from a a dinner where that had the amount of people you were allowed to have and this rager is going on Mm. and there's women screaming to rihanna on the roof so it's like not even a fun party it's like it's like (laughs) yeah it's like my personal nightmare and like look i I need to white like, girl wasted collectively. Yes. And I need to emphasize, yeah. like, sh- this woman, you know, she's this French woman, was very generous. Like, mm. like she tried, but there's some s- level of, I don't know, social anxiety or, or you know, you're dealing with socially anxious people. Like, I'm a little socially anxious, Mark socially, but, like, that made it weird to connect with her, like, when I was alone with her all day. You know what I mean? Like, it's she... Awkward. It was always awkward. And it started becoming stressful to like go into the, the kitchen. It's literally my, my nightmare. Yeah. Is where you live. Yes. Being with someone who it's like like small talk at a dinner yes. party. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be no escape. Anxiety to even go to the kitchen. Just so because you can't bear to be like, hello, how... Just that whole yes. dance. Yeah. Because it's not... We're not really relating. God. Yeah. It's honestly... It makes me feel yes. like... Thank so you. uncomfortable. But right then now. I'm sitting here and I'm like, this isn't even my home, so I really have no right to feel awkward. You're because grateful, you, and that's yeah. the other thing. Because you are, you have to be grateful because they've helped you out. But then also, present and day to day, you can't, you yes. can't hold that forever. And then I'm sitting here thinking about how I have an entire apartment in New York that I've spent 15 years building with my things in it. You know, like I'm a human, but here I am, like a grub in this home, like taking like what you know you'll give me. And like she's working from home, so like she wouldn't tell me when she was on Zoom calls. Mm. So sometimes I'd go into the kitchen and she'd turn around and I'd be like oh fuck and i just leave and so then the anxiety and even it's their making, house and it's yes, their yes, things yes and you're a yes. guest but it's six months but we're months. paying you but like we're not even supposed to be here but then we're not even really friends but then we'd have these nights where like they'd cook us dinner but then we didn't even really want to eat the dinner because you had to so, talk to them we had to talk to them but it was also so unhealthy and mark and i are like healthy people it would just be like dripping with great you know like there's one thing he made and i know i sound like a bitch complaining but like i'd feel like shit after eating i think after the shit you've been through you're allowed to be a bit well it's like he'd make pulled pork it was delicious but then he'd put it on top of macaroni and cheese (laughs) on top of like fucking tater tots which would just fuck up your and if your body's not i'm not shitting i'm not shitting so i'm constipated okay (laughs) on top of this so i'm constipated and then meanwhile i'm also trying to deal with my shit in new york with the apartment because the dude the dude who was renting my apartment in New York told me June 1st he couldn't pay me rent. But he was like, but don't worry, I'll stay and I'm going to work on getting you the money. And I'm thinking, so my roommate already hates him because the whole time, this guy had been a friend of ours, okay? But the moment he moved in, he was late paying me rent every month except mm. for two months. He So it was a struggle to get money out of him. His girlfriend was over 24-7. He wasn't helping clean. He was, So my roommate's telling me all this. He's like, he's, he's turned into a nightmare, this friend of ours. So I was like, the moment he says he can't pay rent, I'll get rid of him, and then I have to find someone else. So he, he, he says he can't pay rent. He says he can't pay rent, but he goes, "Don't worry, I'll stay." And I'm like thinking, "Don't worry." Yeah, and I'm like thinking, "You, you tone deaf motherfucker! Like, you know, you've been and you're a nightmare doing this all halfway across the world." Yeah, I'm like, "You've been a night." So then he says to me, "This is this was what's crazy." So I was like, "All right," I say to my roommate, "I'm like, Joe." 
I'm going to tell him that I have somebody to rent the room and that I know some, you know, so I'm like, Hey, actually don't worry about it. Just leave. Cause I, I have someone who needs a room. Mm. And he's like, really? Uh, oh, like, okay. And then he goes, well, listen, like just, just to let you know, like I'm getting tested for coronavirus tomorrow. You know, and he's been going to all the Black Lives Matter protests and whatever, because he's like he's like this activist who you know fucks his friends over financially. Oh, so like one of those people who has incredible uh, social morals, yes, but personal morals. Don't give a it fuck seems about. to not yeah. give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's been going to these protests, and then he tells me he's getting tested for coronavirus, and I'm like, oh, well, have you told my roommate Joe? And he's like, no, no, I haven't told him. And I'm like, well, if you think you have fucking coronavirus, you should probably tell the person you're living with. But then I'm also sitting here thinking, like. If you think you have you have coronavirus, but you're going to these protests, you're a fucking asshole. But if you are just lying about thinking you have coronavirus so you can like stay in this apartment, you're also a fucking asshole. So either way, you're a fucking asshole, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's clear. So I was like, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're probably gonna have to quarantine somewhere else because I have someone who's gonna take the room and I nice. can't afford. So he leaves. I don't have someone else to take the room. From halfway around the world, I had to find somebody to pack my shit and move my shit into storage so I, the room was more rentable because it was all supposed to be temporary anyway, you know? So I had to pay all I'm that money. To organize that shit. From Australia. So I'm doing this in the middle of the night in this home of people that, yeah. The time difference is just killer. Yeah, so I'm not sleeping. I'm not sleeping anyway. Because of just the anxiety. The anxiety, finan financial anxiety, just general anxiety, like the whole thing. Because I'm like, I'm Boredom living. as well. Well, then when I am awake, I have nothing to do. You know, I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone to talk to. You know what I mean? Like Mark's at work. I can't talk to this girl that I live with because we're not having real conversations. Not your friend. Like I'm telling them what's going on with me, but even then it's kind of like, and like, look, like this was a gesture she made, which was like, to give you an idea, I, I, I made this joke. I was like, look, I've been in Australia, you know, four months. I haven't even seen a fucking koala. So she was like, Oh, I'll book. I think this was when restrictions had eased for a brief mm -hmm. period of time. Yeah. She was like, Oh, I think the animal sanctuary just opened. I'll book. Do you want to go tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. I'll book four tickets. And I really wanted to be like, No, I don't want to go tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to. It was a joke. I, I want to sort this out. But then she books four tickets. So then Mark and I feel like we're obligated yeah, to go yeah. to this animal sanctuary. So this girl who's trying to help us in a way that's not helpful at yeah, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, you so know, once again, you, you need to. Be great. Thanks for buying the ticket. You have to be grateful for something that yeah, you know, is not which is ideal. like yeah, which is exactly. And so, so she has this party right at this point. So yeah. she has a party. We get there. It's a fucking this nightmare. Is the drunk white girl Rihanna party. Rihanna party. Yeah. And we go, and she had told me about this man who had rented the room before us when 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 we were moving house. She says, you know, the guy who rented the room before you, he became a friend of mine, um, and my boyfriend, you know, accused me of cheating with him okay. and he really doesn't like him and you know and he was we didn't cheat but he was sort of the catalyst to me maybe realizing i'm i'm not she brought up again she she this was the only other this time the it was the time. day so we this, were moving house is, so she remembers that you know yes which is what's crazy yeah when you told the first time that i was like maybe she did good that and she was like um you know no so she, she remembers she remembers yeah. i know so then you know and that's this is where i'm sitting here and i'm like we could literally talk every day if you want i'll talk to you about all of this in a real way every day. But the fact is, is you're only bringing up very randomly, very specifically, like, and then we're never talking about it again. She's got it all held up and occasionally when she's drunk or in a different, in a moment yes. of like spontaneousness, it's just going to come out and it yeah. always come out weirdly. If you it always comes in. out weirdly. And, and that weird energy that she had 
is 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 in the house at all times and then i'm like trying to deal with it because i'm like mm. and now i'm feeling like too you know even trying to interact with her like she wanted to go to a, a store one time so i went with her i was yeah. like i'll go to the store with you um this is just the way she drove was insane and this like, is the first time you've been in the car with her no, no, no that was that was the yeah but the way she drove made you feel like like she learned to drive there and i'm just trying i'm gonna say this because i feel like this sort of is is how she is when she had to drive into their driveway essentially you had to make a turn where there were two poles so she said to me hey will you look in the window and make sure i'm not going to hit a pole so i look it in the in the you know rear view side window and i'm like i'm like if you turn the the mirror will clear the pole and i don't drive she knows i don't drive i've never learned to drive i don't know how and what she does then is she fucking guns it and turns so fast that the mirror's fine, but the rest of the car scrapes on the side of the pole. And I go, oh my God, you know? And then she goes, oh. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I figured if the mirror, which sticks out from the car, clears the pole, the rest of the car would clear the pole. I, I also am like, why did you turn? You know, like I'm, yeah. and then. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Now, the car was pretty beat up. So I get out to look at it. And she goes, look, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But the whole thing was so manic and crazy. That and, was then the not, and then you're not, you're not talking openly about it. So it's even more intense that something crazy like that's yeah. happening. You're still going to small talk around yes, it. Yes, small talk around it. And then I, I went inside and I'm like, hello, Mark. You know, so I'm just like, I'm feeling crazy. So then she has this party. Yeah, so man. when she got drunk, she would be very nice. Like, you know. Bubbly. And, and and felt more like, okay, maybe we're connecting. So she had told me about this guy who had rented the room who her boyfriend accused her of cheating on him with. She throws this party that she was not supposed to have. We come home, this rager's happening. We're like, what the fuck? But we're also like, not our house, not our rules. Hopefully the cops aren't called because this isn't supposed to be happening. Oh, when you say not supposed to you mean coronavirus-wise? Coronavirus-wise, yes. Coronavirus-wise, there is not supposed to be... Yeah. Five people were allowed in the house at a time. There are about 18 people here. Oh, okay. So yeah. really properly... Yeah. And they're on the roof screaming to Rihanna. So I'm wow. like, I'm like sitting here thinking like, this isn't my house and they're not my rules, but I'm like, not only is this like a shitty party to get caught, you know, yeah. at, but like... Irresponsible. It's yeah. not worth it. So... This guy approaches me and, and I'm, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the party and I'm like, I don't see her boyfriend there. So I guess he'd gone to his cousins to watch football. And then this guy approaches me and he's like, oh, you guys are the comedians who are renting the room. I rented the room before you guys. So I'm like, holy shit, this motherfucker, this dude that she told me her boyfriend is accused her of cheating on him with is at this party and her boyfriend's not here. <sighs> and I'm like... This is totally psychotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm sitting here. If I, if somebody did that to me, yeah. I would break up with them. Like, if he, if her boyfriend had any balls after that, he, I would be like, "This is over. You, you've disrespected me by not only throwing a party you shouldn't have, you know, during these restrictions, yeah. but by inviting this guy because the party went till five in the morning, and at some oh, point, pro- I didn't know they could let it up like that. Though. Well, that's the thing. This was the most interesting thing about both of them is yeah. that this party that happened yeah. that she invited this guy to, you know, with any drugs. I I'm Adderall. I heard. Okay. Yeah. So no. Okay. Whatever. Um. So her boyfriend comes home at some point and tries to sleep through this, but it's loud. You know, I can't sleep. The boyfriend comes home. He comes home. He I guess tries dude? to go to bed. He must have at some point, because at, at 5 a.m. he comes out, 
shuts off the power. I know this because the TV went off in my room. And then turns it back on and said, you know, you guys are taking the piss. It's 5 a.m. Go home. And then the the dude, Jack was his name. So whatever. Because it gets confusing with the guy and the girl, whatever. Screams from upstairs. The guy that he accused her of cheating on him with. He goes, he goes, oh, fucking prick. Like, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, she's either, like, is she passed down drunk or what? Like, and when he leaves, he like says to the bedroom door that the boyfriend's in, bye, Liam. And I'm like, your relationship is over. If you're inviting a guy who's disrespecting your boyfriend to this party. In his house. In his own home. And I'm like, and you're a cuck for like letting this fucking happen. Cuck cuck city, man. That's insane. You've already been cucked when she said she's not in love with you anymore and you're deciding to stick with it. Like, because their life was so fucking boring. It was like they... They would play video games. They traveled a lot. But in my opinion, people who travel a lot, that's the mark of them being uninteresting as people in general. Because you have to go mine what's interesting about yeah, you I, from I other see places. I see that sometimes. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying every time. But, you know. So, I, 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 at a point, I was like, I'm going crazy having to make nice with these people. Mark is at work all day, working six days a week, which is fine because now at least we have money to survive. But I'm not doing comedy. I can't talk to anybody. My apartment situation in New York is a nightmare. You kind of weirdly got this sort of like uh, rich Victorian housewife type thing where you're just kind of stuck at home all day with nothing yeah. to do and no housework to do either because, you know. Yeah, because it's all, <laughs> it's all done for me and, and like living in sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, the catalyst that got us out of there was basically, so at this point, Melbourne had gone into stage two restrictions, okay. which meant there was... Um, outdoor dining, a little bit of indoor mm-hmm. dining. And it was like that for maybe two and a half weeks before they were like, we're going back into stage mm-hmm. three lockdown. Yeah. So at that point, this bitch who never left her fucking house, that was the other thing. I was never alone there. And I thrive on being alone. I was alone in our bedroom, which was also incidentally, like the first bedroom, covered in mold. Fine. So I'm like, I'm alone if I go on a walk, but it's cold because it's winter or I'm alone in this mold palace. Again, my second molding room in Australia. Never alone. Can't go to the kitchen to make a fucking cup of coffee without... It's too awkward. Because Not she's always there. But the night before they're announcing that they're going back into stage three because coronavirus had gotten bad again, she decides to go out to a bar. And I lose my fucking mind because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking... How fucking dare you live with other people? And if it's bad enough where they're announcing they're going back into lockdown, but you decide the one night you're going to go. So I was like, we're leaving. I was like, we have to leave this place. I can't take it anymore. I'm being driven. I mean, when I was talking to you, that's why I thought you thought I was probably crazy because I'm sitting here just typing all this shit to you. I don't think you're crazy. I think the situation is crazy. And yeah, you, but it, you're, resp- you're responding pretty sanely to a crazy situation. But I, I was losing my mind, you know, and of I'm course si- you are. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, we are fucking, I don't care how much money it costs at this point. Just I didn't, I didn't say goodbye to them. I, I snuck out so I didn't have to say goodbye to them, which I have never done before in my life. Wow. And they're not bad people, but then I'm Do like, they dislike you. I think about that sometimes. Cause they I, seem to like, I, be at least, they seem to quite like, quite like you. I think they are so out of touch with themselves to have an actual opinion. They are literally living a life Mm. that is so my absolute nightmare, you know, where they're not even really 
like talking to each other mm. anymore. You know, they would play, they would buy a video game and both play it to shit for four days. First one of them would play it, then another one would play it. And I swear to God, when the second one was playing it, the other one watched. That's what that's what they did. Mm. They just watched them play. Like they weren't weren't that's having any way to like stimulate conversation. Yeah, like they were living in a fantasy so world. Banging. Absolutely not. Well, no. Maybe yeah. after the video she, game. She, yeah, right. She made a comment that she'd been trying to, like, as a joke, which we all know is just based on truth, you know, that she had been avoiding sex for years, you know, like, mm. and he wasn't exactly attractive. I mean, he, like, literally said to us, oh, yeah, I mean, I, even if I did work out, I would just look the same. Mm. And I'm like, you're, you're lying. You're, you're, you just want a reason to be fat. And that's fine. Be fat. I don't care. But, like, I, I can't, I'm like healthy. And, and whatever. So that that's not even where this ends. Mm. Was this rambly? It feels very rambly. It's, it's hard to organize rambly. these thoughts. This, um, you know, this, the reason we're doing this podcast is so you can have the preliminary get it out somewhere. Yeah. You, you'll be able to think and organize how you actually feel about this. It's going to take a long time. But I, I think I, I only really want you to come in here to just try and get out what the fuck's been happening. Well, because that, you know... Yeah, like we called them the Jonases. We called them Jonas One and Jonas Two in private, you know. So, Is that the surname? No, no. What like the Jonas Brothers? It's like the Jonas okay. Brothers. And then when when that guy Jack came around, that was the, the third, third Jonas. Jonas. Nice, yeah. Nice. Um, you know, w when we left there, we were like, it could only improve from here. But the thing was, it was like within two weeks of us leaving their house mm. is when Melbourne went into a state of disaster. And then, um, like, so from a state of emergency to a state of disaster, and then they implemented the 8 p.m. curfew. And it became like a, like a military a state. A police state, police yeah. state yeah. So even though we were free of them, which I thought it, nothing could get, like, worse, it, it became absolutely, like, torturous to continue living there. Because it was like... You you I, I you sit here and you think like the rest of the world is doing the same thing, but I started realizing like no, the rest of the world is not doing the same thing. Mm. Like New York is the, slowly the, opening. Yeah, London was open. Yeah. By then. And and then it started being like you're going crazy mm. because I almost having them to focus on and hate gave me something to do. <laughs> and then once I removed them from from the equation and then, like watching them and judging them really it set, set in to be like i uh, my days are so empty like they were already empty because mark had work to go to but then his work was taken away because they uh limited capacity to 25 percent at construction sites and then all other businesses closed so um he finally got a taste of was what he, i've been dealing with because i so with um was Mark just generally, he was probably a bit happy because he had something to do. So, right. Yeah. So he, he was, well, he didn't, he, he was kind of, he's, he he's could, a quite chilled out guy in general. He's though. chilled out and he could hear what I was saying, but he I think. He truly understand. He thought he, because I was saying to him during it, I was like, listen to me. I'm telling you this because I say what I mean. I'm losing my mind. Like, I was like, I'm, so you think I'm crazy? I'm telling you, I'm starting to go crazy. Mm. I have nothing to fill my days. These people are, 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 are offensive. The way they live is offensive to me. And then I'm conflicted because I want to be grateful to them, but I, I hate them. And I, I have no real connection to like anything anymore. You know, my former life is like gone. Mm. Um, but once his work was taken away, 
he one night he got he drank like 12 beers like an entire thing and he was like i understand now you know and i was like thank you like because it's been months on end of me having these days of like that were absolutely meaningless like just so like but what's extraordinary is that what what uh you and mark have, you still kind of don't know each other that well at all and then i mean now we do, now <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah yeah um, but your view on it is it was uh, i mean it at least showed that you guys you know are probably very good for each other that that would if there was any real cracks in your relationship right this would be what would show them up yeah know? yeah i mean if there was any honeymoon uh glow, phase, this right. would have blow yeah. that up and you yeah. would know the real person like yeah you've been through the ringer and you've made it out the other side so that's pretty good right yeah i mean it but that that part became see when everyone else in the world was locked down it's kind of fine because you're like well, if I can't do stand-up comedy, no one else can. I was that was it. That was the beginning of lockdown. I was I was fine. I was all right with. I focused on the podcast. I did my own stuff. Um, but as soon as it started, like <laughs> we just touched. <laughs> as soon as it starts uh, opening up for everyone else, then all the shit came back. I should be doing more. As soon as you can do something about it, then yeah. the stress comes in. Well, and and. When I really started, I have to pee really bad. That's fine. Can I can I pee quickly? So that the thing about the stage four restrictions mm. in Melbourne was like nowhere else in the world has those restrictions except for Chile. Okay, and Chile. It, so just to give you an idea, um, you're not allowed out for more than an hour a day. One person is allowed to go to the grocery store once a day. Um, you're not allowed to meet up with people from other households. You, you period um there are police in the streets asking you if you are out for one of the four legal reasons you can be out which is to go to work to go to the grocery store to get care or um there's one or to, to do your like one hour of exercise mm-hmm. um at 8 p.m there's a curfew until 5 a.m yeah. so you're not allowed outside you know and once I started existing under those restrictions. I probably became more American than I've ever been before because I'm sitting the, the here. The freedom aspects. The yeah, yeah like yeah. like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, look, and, and like Rights I think the well, the thing that I I think I I want to make clear because I've been sort of vocal about this like on my Instagram since I got out yeah. because I had to live in this is like, I'm all about wearing a mask and protecting people and, it, you know, doing, I guess, what makes sense. But there were like, at the time when this was happening, the most cases they had a day, I think at one point was like 140. And then it went down to like 45 and then 30. And it's dropping, but it's also like, if you look at the charts, Australia has never... Even it's come close, yeah, yeah. To anybody. Yeah. And this was just in the state of Victoria. And why do you think they were so being so um, totalitarian about it? I don't know. I do not know. Like, I guess the idea is they were, they're trying to eradicate it as opposed to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, as someone who has already sort of lived like this, for months before because I don't know anyone and I don't have a job and this and that and the other. I've already kind of been under those restrictions, but now they've tightened further because I can't be outside for a five-hour walk. I can't go more than three miles. The brief respite's gone. Yeah, like, like you know, because half the time I would leave their house for six hours and that's really what kept me okay. But now I'm like, I can't do that. 
If I go more than three miles from the home, I could receive a $1,600 fine. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I go out after 8 p.m., you know, there's no store to open to go to. But, like, you, it, the anxiety that started to set in where you were like, I need an onion. I have 15 minutes to get an onion. I can't get that on. You know what I mean? You're like, like to make dinner or whatever. You're like, so stressful. you start to become, I'm like, if this is what it means to live here, then there's no point in being alive. This isn't life. This isn't living. I'd rather live personally, learn to live with the coronavirus than be sh forced and watched and, and shut inside. So this isn't me being an anti-masker or anything. Mm. This is me being like looking at it and being like, I, 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 yeah, I think there has been a bit of hysteria in the way people talk about coronavirus where, because, um, the effects of coronavirus can be so bad. It means that people, it's really hard to have even a healthy conversation about limiting uh, restrictions and stuff and like really weighing up right. the pros and cons right it, you, it sounds like you're not taking seriously coronavirus yeah when there's other things you know tanking the economy might lead to more damage and deaths than coronavirus like having an honest conversation about some of those things is really hard it's just really it's just yeah. such an emotive topic well because i wrote a whole thing i don't know if you read, I read it, it yeah, yeah. but i wrote i wrote that like in my last two days there because you know in melvin like there was a woman who was arrested it was an instagram post just complaining about um, <laughs> yeah, melbourne being a police state basically yeah i mean because there was a woman arrested for getting on facebook and you know allegedly organizing an, an anti-lockdown protest mm. um you know, I had some Americans reply to me saying like, oh, well, you know, this is what people wish for in America, you know, like having the government care like that or like, you know, or you're going to come back to America. Trump's letting everybody, you know, just die or whatever. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you haven't lived under this. Mm. You are from America. You, it's, it's so easy. Well, I'm sitting here and I'm like, if you participated or cared about the black lives matter protests which like you know i support at all during coronavirus then this should alarm you you know what i mean because your right to protest was taken away in australia it was illegal to protest anything including black lives matter there during this time mm. it was illegal to go outside mm. at certain hours of the day during this time you know and they had cameras that were set up that would watch you to see if you broke these rules like around the town that were that had already been set up prior, which is alarming anyway. So it's like I'm sitting here and I'm like, as crazy as an anti-masker might be to you, I just challenge you to look at like if your actual freedoms were taken away, which they were in the state of Victoria of Melbourne, I don't know if you would feel as comfortable with that, that because yeah. it's like you have your, in America, you have the choice to stay home if mm. you want to stay home. Or you have the choice to leave right now, you know, and go out and about. And that is, there's comfort in that choice, I think. Mm. Whereas we weren't given a choice, you know, in, in Melbourne and in Victoria. And then it's just equally, um, you know, difficult to deal with, like seeing that all the surrounding states in Australia are open. People are doing stand-up indoors. They're going to beaches. Some of those borders are open to each other so they can travel. So it's like in Sydney... You know, my friend, like Kyle Legacy, is gigging every night, just hours away by airplane, you know? And I'm in the place that's completely shut down. And then when I'm looking at the rest of the world, when I really started realizing, 
oh, England's not shut down like this. Uh. America's not shut. Nowhere shut down like this except for Chile, which has hundreds of thousands of cases and deaths mm. when Australia doesn't have anything like yeah. that. I... I it it made me afraid and yeah probably because of what I went through when I was a kid yeah. it made me feel that sense of trapped and yeah. lacking choice yeah. and it it does frighten me to think that legally currently Australians if you are a resident of Australia or if you are Australian you are not legally allowed to leave your country right now without an exemption from the government you cannot get on an airplane so it's like I'm lucky because I got to leave because mm. I'm I'm not a resident there. I'm an immigrant. Uh, what like, about the people stuck there? But if you like, so our one friend basically that we met there, um, mm. I don't want to say his name, but like, mm. you know, we call him a friend of mine. We call him Salt and Pants. We'll just call him Salt and Pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a resident there. Cat his, Harim guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a resident there. His girlfriend's not. She's like, I want to go back to Sri Lanka. I don't want to be here anymore. I never want to be here again. I want to go see my family, but I don't want to leave him. Never want to be here again. I mean, it got, it got that far. It's when we do left. You, do you think you would ever go back to Melbourne? I don't know. Yeah, I, really it really, because you, know, you don't know what Melbourne's like. I have no idea what it's like. It was closed the entire yeah, time. Yes, so you genuinely have but no idea. But this is so frightening to me. And no, then it's... So almost triggering even thinking of Melbourne or even the idea of getting stuck there somehow again. Yeah, because, I mean, you didn't God, expect this to happen anyway. Like, f- well, 10 yeah. years from now, you go there to visit and somehow you get stuck there again. Right. You get injured, you get stuck. <laughs> like, it'd be... When a lot of people have said to me so many things like, oh, look, it could be... Wor-, you know, you uh, but, like you could be in China where that is the government. And I'm like, I hear you. Like... China but that's not making and me Russia. feel better. It's not making me feel better, but also... You could us- be in Saudi Arabia. Like, right. What does that mean? Well, it's like Australia doesn't advertise as being like that. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like sitting here thinking that would I have... It's a Western free democracy. Right, but yeah. not because Dan Andrews, the, the premier there, pretty mm. much made this call. And like, as data and research is coming out, it's showing like the curfew isn't doing anything to curb the virus. It's just a control tactic. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, that is... So- and realistically Australians have been incredibly compliant so they're they're fine the, these protests that have happened where people are like I want my rights you know there haven't been a lot of attendees so even so you know they're like you're ruining it for other people and I'm like they're really not like you, you know I I see that other anti-masker mm. side now you mm. know more than I probably ever did yeah and it's just like also the danger of when the government have like a remit to clamp down controls uh and w- a remit that we're like well the scientists say that we should be doing this let's trust them what else can they put in with that same sort of relationship yeah you know, the first is lockdown that seems fair enough and they can add things that right. can start to play in their favor and that that is scary to me yeah. you know and i think like when i posted you know things about that i like did find people unfollow me and i don't know if it's because they see me as like this crazy person because well, you, you found the unfollow you because i have app the app that tells yeah, you because i have the app <laughs> but like but i found that interesting because i was just like all i'm saying is like the guy organizing those anti-lockdown protests in, in Melbourne is like a conspiracy theorist and has a very crazy idea like that the banks created coronavirus to kill off the weak. Pretty crazy. But I think it's equally crazy that when we left, we were on approaching six weeks of curfewed hardcore lockdown that they had extended by two weeks and the government had extended their travel ban till December and you know what I mean? I'm like, that's equally mm. crazy when you look at how many numbers they have yeah. for this virus. So I'm like, 
when did it become cool to listen to the fucking government anyway? Yeah. Like, that's something I'm sitting here and I think about because I've never personally been like, oh, the government loves me. They're going to take care of me. Maybe because I'm from America. We don't have health care. Uh, shit like that. Yeah. But like f friends of mine who I found to be so liberal who are like, you know, all cops are bastards, mm -hmm. this, that, and the other are like, well, you know, you should be lucky that they care. Uh, feel lucky that they, they care about their people. And I'm like, yo, you're not. That's not very punk rock at all. Mm -hmm. Like they're literally keeping us indoors. Like. Can't you make the choice? Can't you be allowed the freedom to make the choice for yourself? I'm not going to go outside because I'm concerned about the virus and about my fellow man. Or when I go outside, I'll wear a mask because I'm going to, you know, put my best foot forward to care about people rather than have the government tell you what you can and cannot do in mm -hmm. terms of moving about freely in your day to day. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's because I'm American and, and we're spoiled, you know, we're like America, like, you know, I want my freedoms exactly the way I want them. And I, I'm willing to admit that I'm willing to admit I see that now in myself, but I found but you the also, whole, you also can, you know, appreciate the freedoms and not take them for granted, maybe. Well, and that's why flying back here where they don't give a fuck. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Like the United Kingdom is a nice, happy medium. It's like, nobody's giving a fuck but there's still free healthcare. Yeah. I like being trusted to make a choice that's right for me. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I certainly, I guess, I guess like politically, I'm, you know, I mean, in a set sort of quite um, anti-establishment uh, left progressives, um, but it is, I am, it's, I mean, I, I really don't know how I feel about uh, coronavirus. And like, if there was another lockdown coming in, I don't know, I guess my real view is that, um, if we're going to lock down again, we should only lock down people who are at risk and that young people who it's clear, you know, there are anomalies. Young people are not at risk. Right. They, there are anomalies, but there's anomalies in any disorder. In general, young people, we're not at risk of dying from coronavirus, really. We're really not. Um, and so maybe instead of locking down people who don't need to be locked down, they can keep the economy going and keep life going. Yeah. I think and, there is a way to compromise it a bit that's not yeah. theoretical. But well, I don't think there'll be another lockdown. Certainly, I don't think you could lock down London again. Well, and I, I just, after, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, so I was surprised about how uncompliant London is. So they really well, I'm, I'm thrilled, frankly, because yeah. I, I... Yeah, the greatest... Sorry, explain the greatest gates of how you managed to finally get out. So, well, we had booked a flight when I, so I'd been watching flights. So when I finally booked the flight, we had a month left, essentially. It would, no, we had about five weeks left. And that's like right when it went into stage four. And we were like. We need to get out of here. I would, I, but you know, they're so expensive. And incidentally, they've now skyrocketed. We got how very did, how lucky. Did, how did you get, how, how did you get cheaper flights? I, that, I mean, I had, I had time. I had time to watch like every day and pi so picking airlines was tricky though because when we finally decided we would come to the uk over america just because america is so mm -hmm. iffy especially with mark being an immigrant like here they're like welcome mm -hmm. like and i'm like hello thank mm -hmm. you yes yeah, yeah, i'm happy to be here <laughs> yeah. you know like um but we were concerned about that and also i needed to be back here to work on my paperwork before brexit so that was another pretty mm. motivating factor because if I do it after Brexit happens, then I, I technically won't get work rights here. So we flew back here. I was watching um, 
all the airlines. But the issue was there's travel corridors for the United Kingdom right now. So even though Australia is exempt and has been exempt the whole time, if we flew through the Middle East, we would have to have quarantined here for two weeks. So I had to find flights that would fly through a uh, exempt country, mm. Hong Kong. So I took mm. a risk on Cathay Pacific, mm. which ended up paying off because if we had taken any other airline, we would have needed a COVID test, a negative COVID test before boarding mm. and still quarantine for two weeks just to transit through like Doha, right? Yeah. So I watched that ship for a long time and nobody was booking Cathay. Everybody was booking Qatar mm. because that was the, that was having the success rate of getting people out of Australia, mm. the highest one. But I was one of the first people to probably book Cathay when the prices were low enough. I paid 1400 US dollars for two flights. Okay. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. So that's but we had to wait then like 6 weeks from me booking the but flight. But you would literally take anything. Anytime, yeah. you name it, just as long as you can get out. Yeah, and then it was we were really unsure if it was gonna go. So how did how did you feel when you uh, were leaving and like the plane left the the ground of Australia? Well, we were stopped by customs, trying to leave Australia, because we had applied for these COVID visas that had come out, and they didn't know what it was. And I'm like, you don't even know what your own fucking visas are that your government's offering. So they were like asking us a lot of questions. We thought it might have to have done done with like Mark working. And we were really fucking mm. like, fuck, mm. you know? And they also- they got mad immigrant laws. In yeah. Australia. And like the bottom line is like, you know, we at this point, you know, we'd like to go back or have the option to go back. But he's like, what am I, what was I supposed to do? You mm. know, if they gave me a job and I paid taxes on the money I made but I didn't have the right paperwork during a time like this. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, fuck what you. What are you going to do, yeah. But um, when we got on that plane, and it, it it's sad because I'm like, I have no idea. I, to some degree, I'm like, I have no idea what this country is like. And, I, and I hate don't. it. Yeah, and and I, that, that's like, understandable. It's like you, you, you don't actually hate Australia because you don't know Australia, but it still will always be tainted by that harrowing experience i can't imagine it, it's just it, the whole story just brings up so, so many like things of like yeah freedom is so weird the global events the kind of um just feeling trapped that kind of suffocating feeling yeah i mean so how did it feel when you finally touched down in the uk i i so i have a scent that i use called it's like balenciaga that i found out when i got to australia uh was discontinued but was being sold in pharmacies for very inexpensively over oh, there. Yeah. So I purchased like 12 of them. Oh, yeah. So, but then I like two days before we were leaving, I look at Mark and I was like, what's customs? And I was like, fuck me. Like, am I going to have, you know, yeah, pay all this tax? Yeah. So I had separated it into all of yeah, our yeah, luggage. Yeah. So I fought when we walked, when we touched down in the UK, they didn't take our temperature. They didn't take our passenger locator forms or whatever. All this shit that they said that we needed. Nothing, right? To get that, I do find that frustrating though because that's why we have a problem. It's yeah. we're so lax on those things. It, it was insane. It was insane. Like, take the temperature. Yeah. Do it there and then yeah. don't be as... Oh, sorry, yeah. we're going. No, no. So they didn't do anything and then we walked through customs and there's nobody even there. And then when, we, when I walked outside, I was like... 
thank fucking I was like unbelievable like it took two days to re- to be like I'm not there and anymore it's the, lo- it's the longest one of the longest flights in the world Australia to the UK uh, and we had to wear masks the whole time yeah. you know what I mean like uh, our flight from Melbourne to Hong Kong was empty and then the flight from Hong Kong to London, full, completely full. Like no social distancing, none of that shit. It was packed. It was actually really overwhelming. Fortunately, our one friend had given us each half an Ambien, so we were knocked out. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. But it, it was weird leaving because it's like there's so many hopes and dreams that were attached to that trip yeah. that like the whole time, every day when I was waking up, I was like, that's not happening. Yeah. And... When I was leaving, it was that kind of final thing of like, that didn't happen. And now a door to opportunity feels at least open to me again because I'm like, they're still locked down right now as we record this Mm. under a curfew. Do you Mm. know what I mean? My quality of life, I've been here seven days as of today, you know, has improved drastically. I feel like that was a lifetime ago, you know? Um, That's great. I feel bad for them. It's it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Mm. And when I wrote that post, I had multiple people who I either knew loosely or didn't know reach out and go, can I share this? Nobody knows what it's like here. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. Nobody really oh, knew. No, I only know because of your post. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I when I started realizing that because I was talking to my friend yeah. Darius Davies. Darius Davies is a comic here yeah. who like I, I can't say enough good things about. I know he's mm. been... I had to stay off the internet, mm. by the way, during all of this. I found it triggered me to suicide. I'm not even kidding. I What, seeing people enjoy their lives and just get on with stuff? And be unable to make the choice to do that for mm. myself. It was very hard. I, I've i never been suicidal in my life except when I was in Melbourne, which I found so crazy to read on uh, an article saying suicide rate has not gone up in Victoria during this. I'm like, I don't believe you because as a non-suicidal person, I thought about taking my life multiple times Mm -hmm. and I'm not using that lightly. Like I really felt like there was no light at the end of it. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, like but Martin. that was because that's you're not you're, you're not someone with the mental dis- disposition to be suicidal. No. but the circumstances were so aggressive; they almost it, it was enforced on you. You know, it was such yeah. It was such a most people who take their own lives, it's really internal. But yours was so external. Your issues. It felt like it was so clear yeah. why you felt how you did, and it felt like no one cared. Yeah, I had to really grow a lot inside myself to recognize. Somebody checking on me shouldn't, I shouldn't be hinging my self-worth on that. And because there's nothing they can really do anyway. You know what I mean? Because I would be like, here everybody is living their lives. Nobody cares what's happening to me. I'm just sinking away into the abyss. Like I was getting really negative, you know, which was something I had to mm. like control eventually. I mean, the, the luck is, is that, you, you know, there wasn't much going on really. But you. but when you're on like social media, it looks like everybody it. makes it. I mean, Completely. even just somebody going to the fucking beach to sit down. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I can't do that. You know. Um, so how did you manage your social media? I didn't. I just didn't get on it. I got on social media. I I during my last six weeks there, I would get on maybe twice a week just in case uh, somebody wanted me to do a podcast or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. Um, just, so just when, we, when we were messaging, were you just on there to like, that was before I did it. Cause that was more in June, okay. July, yeah, yeah. you know, so near the end it came up. I, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't, it, it was, it was actually alarming yeah. how much it was affecting my mental health. Yeah. I couldn't even talk to people really like, because I was, I was talking to Vittorio one day. 
he was like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm really struggling. You know, it's just another day of being suffocated by time and then being hard on myself because I'm not doing anything creative with the time, but I don't feel like doing anything creative because I feel like the walls are closing in on me. And I'm like, how are you? And he's like, I did my first gig, you know, and I'm like, and, and, and he's not me. You know what I mean? Like, what are you supposed to say to somebody in a situation where they're not allowed to do anything? So I basically had to stop talking to people and I had to get off and I had to, we started doing yoga, like hardcore, but the, even then it was kind of like at points he's just, Mark was just like, God, I, I'm feeling this. And I'm like, I know I've been feeling this way when you were at work. Like I've been feeling this way for months. Welcome. Like this is, it's torture. Um, yeah. And then to what end? You know what I mean? Because they're sitting there saying they want to get down to five cases a day before they let people live again. And they're still at like 45. Mm. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to say I know what the right answer is, but I can say I've never felt more mentally unstable. I've never, I didn't even know how to, I was starting to email asking for spots here. And like I got left on read by somebody who still hasn't replied to me, by the way. But it, the way it made me feel when I was in that small world was like, uh, you know, cra unbearable. Like, like please don't ignore me. I'm dying over here. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. which is like not a normal just way. Like any anything is so amplified. It's so amplified because you just you you all you have is time i mean we started watching the fucking australian bachelor uh, we were asleep by like 11 p.m every night because our it would be like oh we're gonna do yoga and at 7 30 the bachelor's on, you know and we're not these people you know i did learn how to uh decarboxylate weed in a dorm room that was pretty much the last place we stayed it was a dorm room without an oven with no smell so i do have a new skill d uh, I think it's decarboxylate. So make weed so you could cook with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, that's what the challenge is, is trying to find. So yeah. To make edibles, basically. Yeah, because we couldn't that's smoke nice. in the dorm room, but we couldn't go outside because there's cops. So, and I had no oven and I couldn't make it smell. So I had to find a way to do that. So now I know how oh, to do that. Good. Yeah, that's that was very great. good. So I, but do you know what I mean? I was like, that fills an afternoon. And then you have you about a lot of afternoons. 28 more, yeah. you know? And I've just never it was harder to be in that than it was to be sent away when I was 15. Because do you think, when, do you think yes. it's probably the hardest thing you've ever done? Uh, the hardest thing that's ever happened to you? I think maybe, yeah, one of them, because I had to also deal with, for a very long time, the disappointment of having had things go so well for me re recently. In All like my hard work. Yeah, your, your comedy's going well. You meet uh, the love of your life. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing the world. Like you know. things were fine. Yeah. Like, and look, I, with that said, it's not like my life has been shit the last few years. Like, you know, we all have ups and downs and whatever. But I was like, there was so much hope. I was like, this is really, I, I'm like, this is going to be wonderful. I'm so, I've never been happier with my life. And I've worked really hard. And mm. a lot of people work really hard. And I know this has touched everybody in some way. So I'm not trying to minimize mm. and some people worse than me but it was like having to consistently be letting go of like the hopes and dreams, dreams. i had for this year based on flying there to do this festival that's mm. canceled and now i'm trapped there and i can't get government funding mm. from them and i can't get government funding for me from my own government nobody gives a shit and now everybody else is starting to live but i'm still trapped here and nobody cares and why should they because if i could go outside i don't give a fuck about what's happening in melbourne either but like being there 
and then having my life be just so small, just this one little room, and then my hour outside a day, and then finding new deals at the grocery store is like the opposite of how I've ever wanted to live. Literally. And having no control or no say and no... But being forced into that life where you... uh, how You must have had so many like absurd thoughts where you were excited by a three for two deal on peppers or something. Like, oh my God, that's great. Oh, that's new. Oh, he's wearing, you know, and then have all of these sort of things that someone in a content rhythmic life who lives on a con- the conveyor belt, right. being excited for The Bachelor. Like, you must have genuinely been excited for it yeah. before you caught yourself realizing how ridiculous it was. Yeah. It must have come from a genuine place. Like, that is interesting. One And knowing people were doing gigs over here, that's why I just, I was like, I can't get on the internet. I have to literally convince myself this is the only life anyone is living. Because mm. if I mm. think about anybody doing anything else... It's going to make me crazy because I hate this. So what have you done uh, since coming back? Um, and uh, what have you done? I'm, I'm just like thrilled. I can imagine. Every, what I, kind of things? Have I, you eat, gone out to eat? We we went to a Weatherspoons. That was oh, the first place we went. It was the first Spoons you've gone to. It was the first one for me, not for Mark. Do you know about what the Weatherspoons yes. is? You understand yes. the institution that is the yes. Weatherspoons. Yes. Great. So that was our first meal out. So that was really funny. Um, we ate outside anyway, but like we mm. went into the, the restaurant and we had masks on because we were like, restaurant. we're coming from Melbourne, yeah, <laughs> where it's illegal to be out without yeah. a mask, period. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we'll wear our masks and everybody's maskless looking at us like we're the freaks. So mm. we were like, we'll just take off the mask. Like, it's fine. Um, I've gotten my hair cut. Which I looked like a witch. I had no idea. I looked like a witch because I hadn't had my hair cut yeah, since January. Yeah. yeah. So I got my hair cut. Looks great. Uh, thank you. I got. I was like bangs, of course, you know, because mm. that's what every yeah, yeah, woman it's, does it's during finally, trauma. It's like it's like the you know caterpillar's given birth now. Finally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've done comedy inside. You know, I I didn't. That must be surreal. Just going to one of the best clubs in the country. Yeah. Almost a week after you arrived. I mean, that was my first gig back Amazing. to be fair i did one gig in melbourne in that brief period yeah, where it was open messaged, that's when i messaged you yeah, yeah i it was open um but yeah like i was i was kind of nervous but like um it was my first gig back in six months it's mortifying to do it at a club like that because yeah. you're like can i just do this somewhere where i can feel very comfortable bombing if it happens but you yeah, know t- yeah the pressure man but like you know this brought me made me emotional this morning but like um a girl sent me a message today and she was just like you know hey i saw you on monday like my first set back in six months she's like i saw you on monday and i've been going through like a really difficult like chronic depression and it's the first time i've laughed in months so i just wanted to say thank you and i was like because like i want to be like look i don't want to minimize your set but can i tell you what i because like you saying that to me from that set, like a set that I was terrified. Yeah. I was terrified while in Melbourne because, you know, it was so easy to let your negativity spin out of control when you're shut in a room like that. Yeah. I was like, I emailed Top Secret thinking I was going to be on this nice big wait list of comics, you know, because we're all trying to get back. And they emailed me back within hours being like, do you want to do a set the night you fly in? And normally I would have been like, yes, but I was like, I haven't been up in six months. I'm getting off a 24-hour flight. Probably shouldn't do that. But I started feeling in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to bomb. I'm never going to get booked again. And the anxiety of that 
would bring me to tears while in Mel. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking I'll ruin my career mm. once I get a chance again. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, being doing that set and having it just make somebody feel like that to the point where they felt like saying something yeah. to me. I just want to be like, yeah, like you, you've made my. And they, they have no idea how much that meant to you, really. No, because it's they like, and I didn't want to like. Yeah, I yeah. well, even though you know me, I'm not. Brevity's not my strong suit. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be like after everything, like you saying you that. Know. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. a set that gave me so much anxiety. Yeah. You know, because yeah. now I now I've been there two nights. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I know how to do this still. But I was scared, thinking, what if I can't be quick anymore? Mm. Because reacclimating into society after being that isolated for that long, yeah, essentially six months. I mean, I saw as many people to talk to in a real way in for as many months as I was there. Yeah, like six. Like I haven't. So even trying to re-socialize like at that yeah, club, for sure. it's like coming I out felt prison. weird. Yeah. And it, it felt a lot like coming out of that program where it's like you're Just conditioned. Re, re, yeah. Re-acclimatizing. Yeah. And it's been, it's been weird because I'm already a little like weird and awkward, but like, you know, trying to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I, I'm just so just grateful. grateful. Yeah. And I want to, I keep wanting to tell people because I'm like, I know you, I guess I've been moving around for two months, but I've, this is my first time back out. I guess what's going to, because what I'd be uh, stressed if I was in your position right now, um, which part of the reason why I think it'd be good, it's good to get it all out on this podcast is what would be so stressful is like, imagine someone's not on social media and doesn't follow you and just runs into you and says, hey, how you been? Yeah. What are you going to say? That's... I'm not. You can't tell this. Like I, I would. Ne I would hate to be. You can't keep telling this story. You can't keep. You can't even express how you've been. Yeah. So you can't really say anything. I, I find that so stressful. That's part of the reason why. Like I, I even use social media and like I do podcasts and stuff. Is I do want people just to have a vague idea of how I've been. So I don't have to just constantly. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been a little like thinking about how will I write this into material. Sure. Uh, because. This is a unique situation. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's and hilarious. I've always said it's just as bad as it is for you. It is objectively a very funny thing. Yeah. Well, and I, I and think. And emotional and interesting, you know. The only way I figured out how to do it is like, you know, I'm new in this country and I don't have any credit. And I need credit in order to get an apartment, right? Like to sign a lease. But I am a customer of American Express in America. Mm. And American Express offers a global transfer program where they take your credit history and credit score from America and then they apply that to you in your new country so then you can get a credit card easier mm. even though you have no credit. So I called them from Australia saying, hello, I'd like to apply for your American Express global transfer program. And they were like, we need your card number. And I didn't have my card number because my card is in a safe in New York City that only I have the key to. So I had to order a new card and have it sent to Wimbledon where I'm now living and have him open it up and give me the number. So then I call and I'm like explaining that to them. I'm like, listen, here is my new card number, but I didn't have it originally because I'm currently in Australia, but I'm moving to the UK because I got married and I'll be there permanently, but I want to apply for your American Express Global Transfer Program for the United Kingdom. And I'm going to be in Wimbledon, but I'm not currently there because I've been stuck in Australia for six months due to coronavirus. Can you help me? And the woman on the phone, you just hear her go like the, like her brain dials into we learned about fraud, you know, <laughs> yeah. in training because yeah. they didn't believe me because it sounds so crazy, you know, like 
saying, I don't have my card. I need a new card. Here's my new card. And like, whatever. And they helped me. So, you know, American Express is there for you. And I was thinking maybe that's a way to relate it to people. Yeah. I don't know. You didn't laugh enough, so maybe not. But no, no, no. I, I think that, what you're talking about working that into material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I, I mean, there's so... Um, I think that definitely works as a tight way of doing it because then you can also uh, rattle off what's happened to you in a really quick way. Yeah. Um, but there's just, there's so much there. There's it's a almost, lot. There's just a whole a breadth. But I guess the problem is over 10 minute sets is how to really right. explain, you know, what's well, going Without on. it sounding like therapy, you know, it needs to be funny. Yeah. And like, even like when we were sitting here. And talk- also doing less is more because the yeah. problem is you, because you, you, there's so many things. It's basically, maybe, maybe I don't explain that, you know, that how complex the ratio was i'll simplify it and get the really juicy funny bit of it yeah. right and i mean yeah exactly exactly because even when we were talking about the jonas's just now yeah, yeah i was like that seems so far away and so uninteresting now even though at the time when i was saying it to you i was like this is pretty funny you know and, mm. and weird and whatever it was, yeah i thought i certainly i think it's just a i think it, it's quite funny that it's happened to you personally as well it's just a it's just a very, really interesting. Um, I think it, it, it could certainly, you could do like a traditional Edinburgh show about it. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to write a fucking Just get something out. Book. And, yeah. But I like, I struggle with like a crippling sense of my first draft needs to be a third draft and sure, it sure, paralyzes sure, sure, me sure, from sure, writing. Sure, sure, sure. And I'm also like, how do I put all of this together? Mm. Do you know what I mean? From the fact, like I going back to like, my my dad having like you know four other half brothers and sisters that I don't know and leaving my mom for one of his patients to then you know moving smoking meth running away getting sent to that place going to New York working at a sex dungeon you know going to Edinburgh changing my life getting married going to Australia for coronavirus yeah. like how do I do all of that you know it's it's very overwhelming and that's why it's like I sit here and I'm like man was this funny enough or was it interesting enough or what was oh it, this is the, the the one of those fascinating podcasts I've ever done it's so interesting that's why I've got you on it's just uh, it's 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 funny interesting heartbreaking it's it's got everything in the story um, and I think people would like to hear um, I think people who have all been locked down it's good to share stories um, of what extraordinary lockdowns were like so people yeah. can conceptualize their own lockdowns because i certainly don't think i've heard an, like enough kind of really strange tales of lockdown and like also marrying someone over lockdown like i, yeah. I know so loads of people who are kind of uh lots of my friends who are like going through tough times with relationships or like good times they're just try- desperate to know what what other people are doing in relationships yeah. so they can know is this normal is this weird and the th- thing is everything's weird and everything's normal simultaneously yeah. there's not it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore right but uh yeah i th- uh, i think it's fascinating um and it's good to have um it's good to have you back um but what what do you think your plans are just to in, try and enjoy I, I have furnished the room we are living in like it's so nice to be like, I am home. Mm. Like, that's it. Like, mm. you, you have no idea. I, lo- I love everything looking beautiful. It is fully furnished. I own a ficus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that, yeah, yeah. like I, I, I bought a 50-inch television. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. was like, I live here now. Get me two bags of ketamine and, like, all the plants on the block. Like, f- put them in the room. I, linen bedding, all right? That's a new thing for me. I now do linen over cotton. Um, I, that's I, great. I'm going to be in the UK, like, because I have to be to meet my, 
But like, I already was, it's, it's weird to have the life I've had for 15 years sort of like wrapped up kind of outside of a real conscious decision. You know what I mean? Like my apartment is still there. I need someone to rent that room because I signed a two year fucking lease in January. So we're almost up year one, <laughs> but the second year begins January yeah. for 2021. Yeah. Um, my shit is still there. You know, I, I have a lot of stuff. I have a VHS collection, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to need to go get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel very hopeful. Yeah. I was doing a lot of ketamine the other night. And sure. it felt... It, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> because, by the way, like, drugs in Australia became harder to get in, right? Well, they're With, always hard. The coke, the coke prices are crazy in Australia. They, they went up because it got even harder due to the fact there's no flights coming yeah, in. Yeah, but like a gram in Australia is the most expensive coke. Some of the yes, most expensive coke but it went up. It, it, it turned in... It was between 200 and 300, went up to 350. An ounce for was gr- $8,200, $8, $8,200 for an ounce of cocaine there right now oh because of coronavirus. That's yeah, crazy. it's fucking crazy, right? Um, ketamine, you couldn't even get there, period. So it's like, I was doing most of this sober because I don't drink, you know? So I you don't drink. I don't drink. Oh, really? I almost started multiple times again, but I stopped drinking oh, last year. Yeah. For, because you like it too much? I No, you know, I stopped before the fringe because I uh, wanted to just get... I wasn't having fun anymore. Okay. And I was, and I drink a lot when I drink. Okay, because there's one of two types. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a binge drinker. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and, okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just was really hung over when yeah. I was doing shows and I found it hard. I was like, what am I doing? I'm not really doing comedy if I can't connect because I'm yeah. too fucking hung over. Um, and then I just, I stopped drinking and then I was just going to do it for a month and then I just never started again. Um, cause I saw the improvement in my comedy so much that I was like, it's well, not worth not it drinking. to me. Huh? When you're not drinking. When I'm not drinking. Yeah. Just my mind and whatever. So then when comedy wasn't a thing, when I was in Australia, I considered going back to drinking and I was like, just don't like, I don't miss it. Mm. And like, I'm the kind of, I'm in the camp of if I want to have a drink, I'll have a drink, you know? So our last night in Australia, when we, we, we broke curfew and went and hung out with those, our, our friends to say goodbye. I, she was making these daiquiris. I had a couple of them, you know, and it doesn't, oh, so you still, you can still touch it. Yeah, I can touch it. Yeah. But I don't want to, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that was like, no point. Getting that was it. like, it was like, it's our last night. I'm going to have a couple daiquiris. I'll stick to the cat. Cause I don't know when I'll see you guys again. And mm. I was just like, fuck it. You know? Um, and he had some GBH there, GHB. How do you say it? GBH, GHB? is uh, yeah. grievous bodily harm. Uh, which there. probably is the well maybe that's, that's a good name for a drink maybe yeah uh, well yeah so so we dabbled you know a bit of gbh <laughs> um but yeah i just i don't drink casual like i'll put it this way that is the most i've had to drink since i stopped drinking you know what i mean it was like a that's couple great. daiquiris so i don't drink um i yeah but now i'm i'm here and i was doing ketamine and what I like about ketamine is, to me, I feel like you really can touch inside of your subconscious. And it's a psychedelic, which is what people don't really think about yeah, it as much. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I never consider it psychedelic because it's a powder, but it is yeah. fundamentally a psychedelic drug. And I found that I was I was doing it before I went to Top Secret. No, not like directly before, but a few days before. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like noticing, like I feel I felt like very gray inside, like in the sense of like gray area, like. 
I don't know whether to have hope or fear because I'm still coming out of this thing. I mean, mm. it's been a week and I feel hopeful because I'm, I can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel has arrived, yeah. you know, but I'm nervous because things have been so unstable for so long that I don't know much else than that. So it's like I'm relieved, but still dealing with all of that. Like I'm scared to get too hopeful, you yeah. know, because you've been hurt once before. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I guess it's tough. What I th- it is, as you touched on before, is it's like there's always someone having a tougher time than you. Right. It, it affects everyone, but that doesn't help when you're having a really tough time. Yeah. It doesn't, and it's the frustrating thing. It's something that I learned. My girlfriend was struggling with lockdown at the beginning, and I kept on reminding her that it's like it is happening to everyone, but that's not actually very helpful because right. it's personal. And it's like it's such a weird, none of us know what the fuck's going on. No one knows what the future is more than now than ever. So, um, planning your own individual life now it just it's so it's so hard to even conceptualize what you could be doing yeah well i think and i've tried to take the positives from the experience as well like look i now do yoga every day i i'm good with that like i do like That's nice, yeah. i do ashtanga yoga yeah but it's also having an experience like that like yeah. just having an intense experience like that like it's it, having that much hardship and like right. having to work through that like yeah. that's a mad experience well, that's why we started because i was like if i wasn't doing that i don't know where i would have been mentally like because i was already unhinged yeah and also thank god you're an artist thank god you're a creator like I can't even imagine going through something like the only thing that would keep me going going through something like that is me thinking I can use this for something. I this can like develop me. This can develop my you know. But if you don't have anything like that, yeah. it, it just seems like there's nowhere to put that. Especially pain. when your life is just like I go to bars with my yeah, friends. Yeah, what, what's where do you put that pain? Where do you effectively deal with yeah. it? Yeah, but it was hard because it felt like there was no end. Even though we even when we were five days away, I woke up at five thirty in the morning one morning inconsolable in tears and fortunately someone in new york happened to call me because i met i I said that to her and when when i answered the phone i'm just sobbing Mm. she's like you're leaving in five days i'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't feel like it i've been in this so long that it's like the pressure i'll know i'm gone when i'm gone and that's it Mm. like when when i touch down and walk outside at heathrow airport that is when this is over period until then until then anything could happen um but like, there's been the good, you know. Like, I'm I do yoga now. I've learned how to cook you more. Got married. I got married. <laughs> I love which, how that's still like yeah. that's still like down the list. Yeah, that's, that's, that's still that's, like yeah. oh yeah, I got married. That's still below cooking and yoga. <laughs> yeah, but I've also had to learn, and, and this might be I was going a hundred miles an hour, and that's when I'm at my best. Frankly, is when I have so much going on. That's when I get the most done. But like to just have to be okay with wherever my career is at because I was always sort of feeling dissatisfied and I think that'll come back you know but I was always kind of like I could be doing more I need to do more and blah 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 and now I've been in a situation where I literally was couldn't do I couldn't and now I'm kind of like the chips will fall when they may you know that's such a healthy I mean I've also luckily had that realization for a relatively young uh inexperienced comedian I had it fairly early and I think this is the key thing to like um make you a good comedian or like last is that final realization that you can what will happen will happen and like just not 
filling your head constantly with I could be doing more you need yeah. a bit of that to keep you going but as soon as it often takes comedians especially when I started out like the the jealousy the comparisons the right. constant that he's got this why have I got this and like not and then it, it your focus immediately goes away from the craft and yeah. it becomes less likely to happen when it, it this because I was sort of pretty good at staying in my lane before but I was just manic about not having like spot 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 mm-hmm. and now it's like those spots aren't available there are no there well, are what no... happens when it comes back do you think i i don't do you know think you'll because come back with a healthier attitude i hope i do but it's like there's still twinges of things because a friend of mine was like yeah my agent was at top secret on monday and i was like well i was at top secret on monday why haven't i been signed you know what i mean but it, so there's twinges of things yeah, that i think are bit. always going to happen but being forced to take a step back and recognize that the spots aren't even available if I want them. Like, I don't know. I'm just hoping I can kind of keep the, the attitude of like, maybe it's Saturday night and maybe I don't have a gig and maybe that's okay and I can enjoy my Saturday anyway. Does that make sense? That's when- something that I've struggled with. And I did, because I, I can't even imagine how you were. Part of the reason, so I, I did like a daily podcast over mm-hmm. lockdown and basically I'd realized I was gigging three, four times a week before, maybe five times. And my body, the chemicals in my body at around 8 p.m., 10 p.m. every night, I'd get a huge rush of adrenaline because I'd be on stage. And your body's used to that. Yeah. And even when I was gigging like that, the days I was off, I had to go out. I had to see a movie. I had to eat some weird food. Right. I had to go experience something because my body's like needs something. And then when I was in lockdown, it would reach about that time in the evening and my body would be like, so I did late. I used to do those podcasts because yeah. it was the closest I could get to that rush of finishing something. Um, yeah, it's what I found. Well, I like, I, I've always been a night owl, like going to bed at like 4 a.m. Yeah, um, in Melbourne, you know, we were asleep by midnight, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. Now, for the first like five, oh, yeah, that, that trying to flip that around after gigging the whole yeah. time, you just flip it. Yeah. Well, after so my first five months there, I'll be clear, I was not sleeping. I was barely sleeping, which meant all of this was happening most of the time. You know what I mean? It was like, like I was, I, I was. Mm. Mark told me I started grinding my teeth when I was sleeping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is like crazy because I like that's how stressed I was I couldn't sleep and when I finally slept I was like but in our last month there when we were really doing yoga and whatever and like I was eating my cooked weed you know I found a schedule and like this is the first time now that I've been back in London for like you know a week I'm like I don't mind being in bed by one you know mm. and getting up at nine and enjoying the morning and seeing yeah like that I've never seen the right side of unless I was forced to go yeah, to work yeah, at the yeah, dungeon yeah, by yeah, 10, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, okay, like... You can do this. I have a sleeping schedule. I've always had insomnia. And now I've I had to find such peace every single fucking day when I was there to put myself to sleep or mm. I wasn't going to sleep, you know? Through like yoga and, rough, and this. Man. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like there's some good... And I'm always a person who sees the good in retrospect. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we got very lucky, really, at the end of the day. Well, you seem like, like quite an optimistic person in general. Right? I guess so, yeah, which I appreciate, too. Because I think we have a similarity where, um, because our comedy's cynical, yeah. people might assume that when... I'm very actually a very positive person, but my humor is cynical. Yeah. But it's, cynical is very different to pessimistic. Right. Yeah. Well, and it was hard because I think while in that situation, it was I was sinking into the negativity a lot more. 
because I mean, obviously, it felt yeah. like what do I have to hang on to that's positive? I have nothing to look there's, forward to. There's not to. even, not even. You'd have to be so delusional to hold on to yes. positive things because you're in the world where everything is is shit. Everything is shit. Yeah, it's shit, and um, and yeah, uh, it seemed like everybody was doing better than me as well. You know, um, and that's what it feels. And like. it felt like I could project negativity a lot more, which then I think was making me feel suicidal, and you know whatever but like i had to find a way to make and like there were days where things just weren't okay like in this last month there like you know and mark was so good with me because he didn't freak out at all i think he did inside but i'm like an outward freak out and like some days i just he'd be like are you all right and i'm like no he's like are you just having a rough rough one i'm like yeah today's just it's and it's just that needs to be all right yeah, because it, it was like because it there's the no moment. change. Yeah, you know what I mean? They can do. So it's like I usually if I don't like my situation, I'll change it and do something, but I couldn't. So it was kind of like just having to accept that it was bad and that that would pass and then I'd feel not good, but okay, you know? I think I'm going to I'm going to turn this into a, a two-part um uh show cuz I don't want to cut anything from it. It's uh but I think I'm going to put this as the first two-parter because uh, the most the normal episodes I do are 20 minutes yeah. and this is two and a half hours, yeah, which is so. great. No, it's great. Uh, I have really enjoyed it, but I do. Uh, I've I've got a, a gig. Uh, Me too. Uh, wh- where are you gigging? Somewhere very far. Where? It's southwest. The the postcode starts with K. What's it called? I have to. Um... Do you know what the gig's called? Yeah, I have to see. Okay, it's called Whole Lot of Comedy. Oh, I know Whole Lot of Comedy. Is it good? I did that. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Okay. She's lovely. Okay. It's very far west, but it's near where you live. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. She's real lovely. So. She's, yeah, you'll have fun. It's a great gig. Yeah. Um. But to wrap things up, what would you say to someone who is struggling in lockdown at the moment? I th- there's nothing to say. Okay. Do you know what I mean? No, like, I do get what you mean. There is nothing to say because there was nothing anyone could have said to me that would have made anything okay at any point. Period. Okay. Nothing I could have said to myself. Not I like now that I'm free, like I'm t- I'm reaching back out to people in Melbourne, right? That I know like the my I, I said thinking about you and you know she read it and didn't reply like the Sri Lankan girl. Um but I'm like it's not helpful. You know what I mean? Like I am thinking about you and I love you and I care about you. They're still stuck out there. Huh? I know because I'm like, there's nothing you can do Mm. for anybody. Like even the people who hit me up after I wrote the thing who were like, like this girl told me she was like, I'm just moved here from America to be with my partner who's from New Zealand. And we are, and we moved here in February and I hate it here. I hate it here. And reading that you got here in March and she was like, I don't know what to do. Thank you for writing this. I don't know how to tell people what it's like here. You know, I I said to her, I was like, look, if you ever need to talk, but I'm also like, I know this isn't helpful because it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know what to say. Like, I will never become a resident of Australia. I'll just say that based on what I realized that government can and will do Mm. if given the choice. So I would say don't fucking move to Australia, but that's coming from a very biased perspective of having the experience I had. I've heard it's nice, but I wouldn't know. You've heard it here first. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. 
for coming yeah. on, Catherine. Yeah, and listen to my podcast. Oh, yes. No, there's, yes. please, anything you want to... Well, yeah, like, if you want to hear, like, the thing... I mean, we were talking about it, but it was also hard to record things when nothing's going on. Yeah. But we somehow managed to pretty much release one every week. Amazing. Um, so it's uh, This American Irish Life. Yeah. And is with me and Mark. Um, yeah, so if you want to hear from the depths of it all, you have a nice record yeah. of, like an almost diary of your mental health and every week of yeah. in Melbourne. That is fascinating. So where can they find that? Apple podcast? Yeah, it's on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, like all the fucking things. Yeah. And, you know, any shows I have or whatever will be on my, like, Instagram yeah. or my website, which uh, is follow U, U Girl. E yeah. U Girl, you na nasty. U Girl, you nasty, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. U Girl, you nasty. Follow on Instagram. Well worth a follow. Um, and thank you for sharing, to be honest, because that was really... Really, I really enjoyed that. Thanks really for having me. Of course. Now I'll never talk about it again. No, <laughs> no it, it just it's just good that you could get it out. Yeah. You know. No, I appreciate and I'm glad it. You. Um, I appreciate you caring. I mean, you know. No, I do. I did. I. I, I don't know why uh, it's because I. I don't really know you that well. I don't know why it. Um, it just triggered something. Me just hearing that thing. I just seemed kind of wild. I don't know. I. I still don't really know why. But thank you for sharing. Thanks for uh, having me. This has been Boys Gone Wild. This has been Catherine Anderson.